Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 111, which is the 1982 film Tootsie, directed by Sidney Pollock, starring, of course, Dustin Hoffman, also Jessica Lange, Terry Garr, uh, a bunch of people. It's a really amazing film. It is the second in our series of comedies that we've been doing. Uh, Eric did the first pick last time, and that was for The King of Comedy. This is a Daniel Thrawn pick, and you guys will get to see what my final pick is in two weeks. So I can't wait to see what you guys think about that. Uh, Dan really loves this film, and you get to hear exactly why. So very excited for that. I want to remind you guys, if you guys are listening to this, we do have it, uh, our podcast up on YouTube now if you want to watch them. They're a lot of fun. Uh, just go to youtube.com uh, slash at Martini Giant. Again, that is youtube.com slash at Martini Giant. If you have picks, uh, movies that you'd like us to do, you always can recommend them to us. The best place to do that is actually on our Discord. So just go to our YouTube channel and then go to the description below on this video and you can uh, get the link to our Discord and join our Discord. We'd love to have you there and be part of that whole experience. But for now, please enjoy Tootsie. I really like this background because it feels like we're sitting in Sidney Pollock's lap. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, uh, it's lap vision. It's lap vision. It's lap vision. It's okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, so good. I'm, I've done a, I've done a few things, and it sounds like uh, Monkey Man sense itself sounds good. So good. We are good to go. I'm wearing a T-shirt that Brady gave me, and it says "Real Great Dad." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey. hey. So, oh, I, I, I brought this up last time, but my daughter gave me um this this uh, awesome lens cap coffee mug. Oh, lens, nice. lens, lens coffee mug, which I am very proud to have. That's very pretty, cool. Pretty hysterical. Um, but yes, the, um, uh, uh, yeah, the nostalgia train, uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm all for it in certain amounts mm-hmm. and, um, uh, it's okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, McMonkey Man says, uh, I like that Vaughn, uh, in response to paper girls calls it anti-nostalgia. It's like, yeah, I, I, Paper Girls is a great comic, absolutely great comic. I, I've not seen what they've done filmically with that, but yeah, it's uh, it's quite beautifully, beautifully illustrated. Do recommend this. Um, <laughs> Pollock is brushing Dan's hair. That is, that's my dream. That's my yeah. dream come true. Yeah, <laughs> in heaven, he, Pollock will be brushing my hair. <laughs> he's, he's picking, he's picking lice from your hair. Maybe that's what he's. That's <laughs> accurate. That's <laughs> that's probably true. Sydney yeah. Pollock. God bless. Uh, yeah. It's been a while. I think... It's 10 years. It's like 12. It died in 2000. Yeah, since he passed. Yeah. The last, last movie. Because he was in, um, I mean, he directed Tootsie and he's in Tootsie. He also uh, produced and acted in Michael Clayton. That's right. And in, in both movies, he proves that he is almost the best member of the entire cast. Yeah. <laughs> like he's. Right. Well, he was an and... actor prior. Unbelievably talented actor, and uh, did not act enough, in my opinion. Guy is incredible, simply incredible. He's a very good actor. He's very. He's got a tone to the way he speaks. It's very, very good and funny and comedic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like naturalistic and exasperated, right? <laughs> like that's that's, that's exactly thing. what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so much fun. But okay, welcome to Martina Giants. This is the chit chat portion of the show. Where we uh, talk about how where our New Year's was. So how, how was our New, New Year's? Are, okay. Uh, how was our? Uh, uh, no, listen, I maybe it's because of my age, or maybe it's because I'm post uh, pandemic. But 
I just one I there's several things that just didn't make me interested in doing anything remotely close to what a New Year's Eve celebration would normally be. Like I had absolutely no interest in going to a New Year's Eve party. Like imagine that Why? right now. Uh, I don't know. Well, one is right now in LA, like there's more, there, there's a lot more COVID happening, right? Like, yeah. you know, you've had that going through your family a little bit then, right? Yeah. I, and, I don't know how I missed it again, but I missed it again. But yeah. Yeah. I ripped through the family again. Unbelievable. So, so, so that's the thing, but I had no interest in, in doing that. So we just stayed home and, you know, watched movies and stuff. No, we did watch the Godfather. That's nice. And, That's good news. And, and I do – and Brady watched it with us. And a couple notes on the Brady – because Brady watching a movie like The Godfather is – can be entertaining. One or two. One. One first, yes. Obviously. One. Yeah, got it. And so he, his first – Just backstory for two. First first thing is that he recognized was uh, when he's watching the, the chief of police show up at the hospital, he goes, wait a minute. That's Sterling Hayden. That's Sterling Hayden. <laughs> That's Sterling Hayden. Good that, for you, Brady. Nice. Yeah. The thirteen-year-old nice. kid will recognize Sterling Hayden. I didn't recognize movie. Sterling Hayden until I was at least twenty-three. So be, be very proud. Very proud. Yeah. Now, yeah. granted, he did. He was sort of involved in the on our memes that we've been doing about Sterling Hayden. He watched him in Doctor Strange Love recently, so he kind of knows exactly who that is. <laughs> uh, that was good. Then the other one that was funny is that he watched the whole movie, and then he's like, "Wait, what's Michael doing?" When he starts murdering everyone <laughs> during the baptism, and he's like, "But no, no, he was—he's the good guy. He's my favorite person." Yes, that is the movie. That is the heart <laughs> of the movie. And then he's like, "That's not right." That's right. And then he watches—he watches the scene where you know he lies to Kay. Mm-hmm. Brutal. And then Kay looks at him from the outside, and the door closes, and they're kissing his hand. And he said he'd recognize two things from that. He goes, wait, that's the scene from Seinfeld when Kramer becomes the godfather of the children and they reconnect. It's like, yep, that's correct. And then he goes, and he goes, that can't be the end of the movie. It's like, yep, because that's the the worst movie ever, he said. (laughs) Really? Yes. Yes. A he good person becomes like... a bad person. Yes, that is the story of The Godfather. Well, you can He's watch like, the next one where a bad person becomes a much, much worse person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like really bad. Like yeah. really bad. No, that's 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 amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it is funny because like as we always talk about on the show, it's just like this kind of movie, like The Godfather is not something that you would see in po- – that's not a story you'd tell in popular film today. Like no. watch, watching someone who is – good become bad is a become a pretty rare story uh like it's watching someone who's happy good. endings man yes well, gotta have your happy endings well it's I mean, more to the point it's like watching someone who is good teach everybody else how to be good seems to be like, that seems to be much more of a plot line unless you're watching tv where there's lots of anti-heroes anti-heroes still exist on on streaming so that's good yeah. But uh, but uh, the superheroics of the past 15 years but you watch him become bad like go from he is this bad he starts from "It's my family, Kay. It's not me." Right. <laughs> to let's murder literally everybody while my daughter's being baptized. Actually, my my son's is it is it's uh, his it's his, son, his, yeah. his, his uh, nephew. nephew, yeah, that niece, nephew, nephew, yeah. nephew. Because it's actually so, see if Sofia Coppola in the uh, getting dunked. Sure. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 
No. Oh, that wow. is her getting that's in, her that's yeah. her getting baptized him. Okay. Uh the other thing that was interesting was um why are we talking about that? We should be talking. We will be talking about we'll tootsies. Don't get the derail. Don't get derail. Don't get derail. But the other thing that, yeah, I mean, you, when you're getting on a Godfather thing, you have to sort of complete the thought. Otherwise, it's just a. No, but yeah. the other thing that's really fascinating about it is watching the consistency of Marlon Brando throughout it, trying oh, yeah. to find balance in the yeah. whole system yeah. between good and evil and responsibility, and then him pass, and then all the different ones. Right, you have. The smart one's Michael. The hot-headed one is, you know, uh, 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 Sunny, right? Sunny, yeah. And then Fredo is the idiot, right? Yeah. And then the and then the the, the sisters, obviously. Natalia Shire. You know, the, is Natalia, Natalia Shire. is a mess, yeah. right? Yeah. But then Michael is like, he's okay. He's the smart one, and I was like, give that. He's going to become a senator. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. And like, but I have say- a feeling. I have a feeling if you look at that movie. And you think about Donald Trump, like Donald Trump probably thinks that Michael is the smart, good person the whole yeah, time. It's a really powerful story about a guy who learns how to fucking, you know, ugh, God, just trying to think about that <laughs> makes me angry. But yeah, like that, that's, the, that's the thing is like the Godfather. I mean, Marlon Brando is is a real moral force in the film. Like he's a criminal. Um, right. But but he's actually trying well, to be ethical and trying to be moral. To his family. Yeah, he's like he the reason. Family values. Yeah, he was like the reason to be moral is because it creates safety for, and like morals and ethics, even though they're criminals, stabilize everything and protect your family. Like that's the reason to do it. Not like this. Well, they uh, also emphasize that don't do drugs. Don't do. Uh, like well, good fellas, you, you're not touching the drug stuff. Yeah, well, Somehow, that's like yeah, well, because it's chaotic. Like, like drug. Once you bring drugs in, it's mayhem. Because people start. Then once your people start using drugs, they start killing people and all sorts of stuff. Goes well, they wrong. also there was a certain law the old school mobsters had. They didn't do certain things because it seemed anti-family. Yeah, absolutely. And so they would still profit from it, but they would have other people be the pimps and so sure. forth. Right. But there still had this kind of weird family code. Yeah, well, let's say what the Godfather, what uh, Marlon Brando says, it's just like you know, I wish you well in your business as so long as it doesn't conflict with mine. You know, like <laughs> you know, it's it's such a great, consistent, beautiful character, and they carry it all the way through, uh, too. Like it's a, it's a, like it's it's as much though the movies is those two movies are really more about, uh, uh, uh what what you lose, what you lose from Vito Corleone. Uh, right. and, uh, and, uh, Michael is just the example of that loss. You know, it's everything that goes away after he dies. But yeah, anyway, it is a brilliant film. It's great. Somehow that is a great New Year's film. That is a, that is a perfect, perfect I, vibe. Yeah. And this is a, Karen watched it around New Year's and she said she likes it around New Year's. So we did watch, of course, uh, Trading Places, uh, mm-hmm. uh as well. That's another New Year's film, uh, for us. Did the kids uh, like it? Oh, they love that. It's a funny ass movie, man. <laughs> yeah, that is very funny. Yeah, movie. you know what's funny? I was at a I was at a, at a party recently with some people I know, some some great people. Know we were chatting and we we're talking about that, and then a guy says, "Oh yeah," it's like you know, you know the scene uh, where um, uh, uh, he's he's coming out of the police station. And the cop is dragging a criminal up the stairs, and he goes, "May, may I suggest using a nightstick, officer?" Remember that? That's <laughs> yeah, it, right? exactly. Yes, yeah, right. He says, "Well, the guy who's in handcuffs uh-huh. was that guy. The guy who I was with that was his brother." 
Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty good. <laughs> Man, I suggest using that glove officer. <laughs> so funny. Eddie Murphy, yeah. top of his game. Top of his game. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, let's get into Tootsie because we yeah. were talking about 80 nostalgia for a while and mm -hmm. I was watching this and I have not seen this movie in a long time. Really? Okay. It's a long time. At least 2000. Yeah. Okay. This is now. This feels very dated. It feel, oh, it's a straight up 80s movie. It feels like but, it takes yeah, place. Now, here's what's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it still holds up. It still holds up. I'm not. I'm not beating that. But there is a. It is. It is pure 80s as opposed to 80s nostalgia. Yeah. No. It's Do you exactly, know what I'm trying like, to say? It's yeah. the difference when like they, it's like it's because the pants there was still um, that kind of the pants had those little what is it, striations. What are those? Yeah. The and the and the pleats and the like yeah. the 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 look of all the clothing cuz it's all like top style of 1982 like all the all the costume design is tip top style all the interior design is like super super uh right on point 1982 the Just music like the Jerry Langford show yeah it's like it's so it's a it's basically a period piece movie now the music was cheesy as fuck oh yeah I'm it's, sorry. A, it's you know, terrible like, <laughs> go tootsie go you know like they're selling the soundtrack and like it's got it has it has a certain kind of photography which was uh specific yeah, to 80s comedies and like everything yes. about it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel it feels there are movies that are made in the 80s like for instance like the thing came out the same year yeah and that does not look like an 80s movie it has some yeah. like because, well there's a lot of darkness but yeah. yes, there's Blade yeah. Runner came out the same year. Blade Runner. These are very forward thinking <laughs> movies. Exactly. I know, but it, there were really a lot of night shots. And sure. So within the, and but stylistically, with the, the lensing that they did. With yeah, them. this is pop 80s. Like, and not, not like, because uh, the way that people, thanks to Stranger Things, uh, uh, everyone who, who didn't live through the 80s imagines. That everyone in the '80s was listening to the coolest fucking music in the universe. No, never heard nobody of the was. <laughs> no, the nobody music was. Is, well, that's the thing. Is right. It used to be. They used to call it. Uh, 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 what's it? I'm a new wave music, right? New wave music. Yeah. New wave music or alternative music. Yeah. Like that. Right? That shit was. Like, and by cool the, kids the, listen to that stuff. By definition, the alternative music was things that people did not know about yes. was not on the radio and so when you watch this movie you're not it's not like you're gonna get like uh the cure the cure <laughs> in this thing exactly the crispy ambulance is not be playing in the background like this right. is like shit you're like what the fuck is this yeah well right. that's what people are actually listening to <laughs> like yeah, 100%. exactly yeah and it's i mean it's corny it's super corny and the, it's corny like because like, like, like there's like there's working whole, girl along the lines of this movie yes as well. exactly and it's like there's a whole fleet of sounds uh, keyboard style sounds and and uh, synthesizer sounds that came out in the 80s that people stopped using because they were really terrible like right. when you when you think of like uh when you when you think of like keyboard music like uh synth sounds today like that's all the shit that kept because it's awesome and so when right. you like when you hear the soundtrack to drive it's like oh my it's god the this is, stuff. it's the right that's the refined or, good stuff or that's the other one i'm thinking of uh uh risky business 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. The, the, and, the, and so like you but, have, but that was Tangerine Dream. That, yeah. That's I mean, what I'm saying. But they were the, also in the eighties. Yeah. Like, no, this like, is like no, 70s and 80s, but yes, like Vangelis and Tangerine yes. Dream and yes. Wendy Carlos, all, all these people existed and did yeah. like big stuff. But like in terms of what you listen to when you went to go see a pop movie like Tootsie, like it is so <laughs> shitty. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And now the, this is the only bad thing I'm going to say about this movie for the next like many hours because this is one of my okay. literally all time favorite films. But like it, it is like time traveling. It's a, it's a perfect time capsule of its period without a doubt. There's nothing. Yes. There's like you get there. Are, there are, it's like you can watch Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, and though you recognize that this is a movie that was made earlier, it doesn't give it away in the mm. way that Tootsie does. Like Tootsie is like, right. whoa. <laughs> I guess yeah. this is what people thought was cool: wearing belts up here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. just the way it is. It's sort of like when you another watch another today. one that sort of made me feel this way in a in an interesting uh, as well. And is it there's there's similarities between this and and uh, is Mr. Mom? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. totally. Another Mr. Mom though. has a little bit of that yeah. feeling as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I love Mr. Mom. I think it's an excellent movie. But there are that, very few movies like that Tootsie. itself doesn't hold up i mean no, that's yeah that's so a that's no, like a, no no i disagree it does hold i watched it recently very, oh it's good we covered I mean, it right? there's a soft focusness the focus yeah. there's a real kind of uh and the sound i i watched it recently in the sound i don't know maybe it was just the stream but it was just like it, it wasn't great sound oh yeah no it's it's like a shitty tv show like like mr mr mom is a great uh tv pilot script Right. Uh, that was extended into being a movie. That's the, that's what that, and it's, it's a great one. And it's super, super funny. And like, but if that didn't have the cast that it has, it wouldn't be a classic. Like Michael Keaton and, uh, Terry Gar, Terry and, Gar. Mar- and Martin Mull are carrying that movie the whole time. Like sure. it is a, it's a great movie because of them as opposed to it's a great movie because the script is perfect or the direction is great. Right. You know, and uh, whereas like when you get to Tootsie and now Tootsie, as we said before, when uh, we did um, uh, 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 the movie we just did, Eric's film, um, King of King Comedy, of Comedy. Rupert Pumpkin, um, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is my this is my choice for a movie that I like to talk about and represent. Like this is my um, this is your movie. This is my this is my all time favorite comedy. It is not my. It's not the funniest movie I've ever seen. The funniest movie I've ever seen is Young Frankenstein, but it is as long if you're going to if you're going to uh, if you're going to talk about something that is funny that tells a story, there is no better made movie than Tootsie to me. That's that's the absolute high watermark, like wholesale. So it's interesting you say that because I was hoping, and it went downhill for me. Mm. Really, that's too bad. That's sad to hear. Yeah, it went was it downhill. Too sophisticated for you. What was the, <laughs> was not, the direction? Too crisp? Chris? <laughs> no, I, I actually uh, think it was. It was. It, I, it felt very, very dated, even conceptually, in terms of in terms of the culture of what was going on. Right? Is that you or somebody else saying that? No, me. <laughs> Put Brady right? on. <laughs> right. I mean, for God, Jessica right Jessica Lang. Mm-hmm. One best actress in this movie. Oh, that's nothing to do with the movie. movie. No, <laughs> that's but the Oscars. I understand that, but hold on, hold on. And I'm like, what did she? First of all, in compared to everything, well, for, okay. So I was like, she that's ridiculous. Was Dustin America's Hoffman's darling at that time. 
Well, Sam Shepard was her boyfriend. It was a big deal. Sure. Uh, okay, but she was not that great. The only thing that she did, Fine. the mm. only thing she did is that she represented a single mother. And I think that's the only thing that was important. However, sure. the, I, I was like, I was like, okay, well then let, who else was nominated? Turns out Glenn Close from uh, World According to Garp was also nominated this year and has a far superior acting role. Oh, without a doubt. Like, like yeah, I, I, superior. If, you, if you're going to say like who's the worst actor in Tootsie, it's Jessica Lang. Just because like she is, but the, she's the one who won. <laughs> or, yeah, but that's the who fucking cares about the Oscars? The Oscars I don't know. have anything to do with reality. That's like I can't I, believe you know. Just like that's like that's like saying uh, you know uh, oh what is it um, fucking uh, uh, Richard Dakota. Dakota. Uh, uh It's Coda, right? What's the name? What's the movie that won last year? But the Deaf Family. It's a great movie. It's a legitimately great movie. Um, you didn't remember this? Nobody remembers this. See? That's what I'm talking about. Like, so the movie that won Best Picture last year, what was it? I don't care. You no, know, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's a good movie. Oh, no, movie. no. It's, it's Coda. Coda. It's Coda, right? It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. I never Were saw Were there it. better movies that year? Well, yes. Lots of yeah. them. However, yeah. uh, the Academy Awards is some... It's a... It's just an event. It doesn't have anything to do with reality. I know. I know. So that's know, just the way it works. With, no, but, but I did. Know, I did know that like Hoffman was obviously nominated for a Best Actor, sure. but it was uh, given to Ben Kingsley for Gandhi. So then I started looking at the Oscars for '83, mm-hmm. like in '83, and I was like, "Holy crap! That was another great year. It that was, was a, a pinnacle sure. '80s year." Yeah, you had Blade Runner. You had uh, Tootsie, you had Gandhi, yep. you had Spinal Tap. Uh, that is that eighty-two? I thought it was eighty-five, eighty-five, something like that. Yeah. So, 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 uh, let's see. Missing the, the verdict was there. Verdict is great. Verdict. Uh, uh, officer and a gentleman. Gentleman. Uh, the world according like, to Garp. Yeah. Uh, Victor Victoria. Yeah. I mean, think about all those films coming out in that year. That that that's really... that actually is the stuff that made me fall in love with film. Right, yeah, it's, it's a great. That's it's that great. period. Et Et das came out Boot. that year. Das yeah. Boot, right? Yeah. Tron, Das Boot, Tron. Tron. Yeah. Uh, 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 what else is there? Uh, I mentioned the verdict. Uh, Behind the green uh, door. Nope. That was in the seventies. <laughs> uh, uh, I mentioned Officer Gentleman. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, oh, the, the quest period. for fire. <laughs> Sophie's uh, choice. Sophie's yep. choice. Yeah. Also, the thing is, I also feel like in that time period, I'm wondering if, like, I always was obsessed, and still am, about like the way blue kind of the way it's filmed, night blue night shots, like from Poltergeist. Like, also, was that yeah? Yeah, and I'm wondering That's if it's because film. of like Fuji film or a new type of film stock came out. Because all of a sudden, every night shot it just came was profoundly rich. blue. Yeah, yeah, and beautiful, yeah. and it was like yeah. really different. That was the, that was the, the new 70s. that was the new style of doing the the, the night look. But whereas Fuji it used to be different. Out with yeah. the film stock. Yeah, was... really punchy. Yeah, really punchy blues. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, no, like the uh, like the, this is the thing is like with say Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang is the straight man of Tootsie. Like she's just there to be the one who doesn't know what's going on. That's her, that's her role in the movie, right? Uh, and like there has to be one of those because everybody else is, uh, is is a top notch comedian, like Terry Carr and everyone. Like all the, everybody else 
like yeah. is Bill Murray it, is in <laughs> is 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 the mechanism of chaos, and she right. represents like here's a person who's trying to lead a normal life, like right. completely. She's a little, and actually, what I will like, what I will actually give her credit for, like the the writing of the character credit for, is that she is a total alcoholic in that movie, like one hundred percent, and they really they sort of land on it a little bit and they don't make a thing out of it but they're like she's a fucking souse like she's drinking all the time he calls her on it like what the fuck is up with you with getting hammered literally all the time like when you have a baby and all this stuff like this there's some there's some subtle action going on with her character but just in comparison to the entertainment value of the movie like you have 20 other people that are doing the the heavy lifting for this thing but yeah so like and and mcmuggy man brings up uh uh uh, let's see. Uh, McMuggy Man tried to watch this movie like forty times, and every time that he tried to watch it, it um he was cursed not to see it. Like the tape broke, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what the right. curse is. Um, uh, I agree that it can feel a little day to day due to today's sensibilities, especially re cross dressing and trans issues. I would wonder how queer trans people feel about Tootsie. I know I can't. I'm not going to. I can't speak for trans people, obviously, but like I, I'm. I have people close to me in my life who are trans and like, this is like the, the, like the, I think that this movie from my own point of view is actually incredibly forward thinking, uh, even kind of today, but definitely for the time, because though the key gag is Hoffman is dressed as a woman, right? There is no joke about that being ridiculous. Like no. it is like this is not, like this is not ridiculous that he is a woman in this movie, and the movie is about him realizing his own actual identity, and that's why him as Dorothy, like though he himself is not trans, like he actually reveals like Dorothy is him, like it well, is he is oh, he is discovering he is at, he is truly discovering. I, I was better part. I was a better man. Pretending, to, pretending the, to be a woman, right? And so, like, this is this is man. himself for real. And like, Dorothy is the character because, like, Michael Dorsey is an asshole. Michael Dorsey is an unlikable dickhead, a selfish dickhead. And Dorothy destroys him because Dorothy is who, like, Dorothy is the real person of the movie. And and at no point, like, in, like any other, you know, gender swap, uh, tr- you know, cross dressing movie jokes, literally since then. Like at no point is it funny that he is dressed as a woman. Like the situation is that it's funny that he's trying to pretend that he is someone else, but he is pretending he is someone else because of job problems, not because it's hilarious. Like, oh, women are like this. Like there's no jokes like that in this movie. Yeah, this isn't like the the, the hot chicks. Yeah, it's not like hot chicks. Like, oh well like, girls are like this and guys are like this. Like there's none of that right. shit going on. Like this is about this is an actual voyage of self discovery movie. And the person he discovers is Dorothy, who is a real person as opposed to Michael Dorsey, who's a fucking dick, who's I'm glad he's not on screen very much. Like he is an unlikable jerk. And uh and so like that's why I'm like I said, I'm not speaking for anybody. I'm just saying for myself. I think it's actually very much in line with uh, how people are th- thinking today and about like the, your identity, your actual self identity is of core importance. And well, there, uh, there's an, there, there's something important. I think that needs to be said, but not necessarily about, you know, your identity is one thing, but there's a different idea here is that he's, he's, ide- he is I, taking on the identity of someone else. Not that it's the identity that he wants, but he's doing it, you know, f- out of, 
the job or for work, he's, right? He's doing it. For but in 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 that opportunity, he has the opportunity to learn what it's like to be that gender. Yeah, this they, he gets an entirely different perspective. And incidentally, though, like the specifics are uh, dated to the eighties. Like much of this is still incredibly sadly true. Like right. none of this is actually fucking changed. Like how it gets talked about has changed, but it's obviously still happening. See like fucking, you know, video game companies who still can't right. get their shit straight. You know, like all the troubles that they bring up in this 1982 film are 100% still real. Um, and even if we, even if we just use different language to talk about them, in fact, like I would say that they're much, much worse in many sectors. And so for this movie, like it's, I was only 11 when this movie came out. So it's hard for me to know like exactly how, like what a shock it must have been. But like this movie is, uh, like, first of all, it is, it was, the original script is written by two of the great, um, uh, TV writers. Uh, what's his name from the, from mash, the, um, terrific Gilbert? writer. Yeah. And, uh, and it was rewritten. Barry um, was credited. Yeah, Barry Levinson, and right? Elaine May. And Elaine May, who is yeah. one of the greatest screenwriters of all time and one of the great New directors. Leaf. Yeah. And so like this this movie, the reason why this movie is like good jokes is because of um uh the MASH guys. The reason why it's a meaningful film that actually has a legitimate female point of view considered is because Elaine May, one of the great writers, yep. period, wrote it. You know, and so like, uh, uh, like this movie is like, yeah, there's she also of, wrote Ishtar, <laughs> which is a good movie, by the way, if anyone's actually seen Ishtar, I know that it became popular to slam that movie. It's actually a very good movie. Um, but a new leaf, et cetera, like, and, and her, her husband was, um, oh, what's his name? Mike, Mike Nich Nichols, Mike Nichols. Like she's, as, she's been as progressive as progressive can be since way before most of us were born. So like the, this movie, like it has dated elements in terms of its style and uh, some of its language. Um, but it's actually an incredibly genuine film about, uh, discovering yourself and standing for Where what that means. That? It was attached to Buddy Hackett at one point. <laughs> that's what, that, yeah, that's the movie I don't want to see. I did not know. Yeah. It was like, it literally was like Buddy Hackett in the late seventies was no, thank you. This. I, Somebody brought it to him. I can't. I can say that Buddy Hackett would have made the movie. I would not. Evans, I would not want to say Charles Evans, Robert oh, Charles Evans' right. brother. Right. right. And he's the one who got it. And, and Buddy Hackett in '78 wanted to play the talent agent. Right. So yeah, I, I would. Uh, I would and say Peter that Peter Sellers and Michael Caine were up. Well, they wanted Michael Caine to be Sidney Pollack role. Oh yeah, that might be good. That but might be good. What's his name? Uh, Dustin Hoffman said, no, I want uh, Pollock. Pollock, yeah. Oh, Pollock is the home run. Pollock is the total home run. But yeah, mm -hmm. so like I would say to anyone going into this, like, uh, don't, don't worry about getting your hackles up too high on this thing. Like, this thing shares a very modern sensibility on identity. Yeah, I, I know, but it was also part of me, like, I was thinking about it, and not necessarily defending or whatever, but, you know, part of me was thinking about what about, um, uh, you know, because there have been other things where someone takes on the role of some other kind of person and then, you know, has to deal with the consequences of – usually it's a minority of some kind. Sure. And so I was thinking about Soul Man, which 
Oh, yeah, would yeah. never, would probably never that, watch today. I guarantee you that does not hold up well today. <laughs> yeah, right? But the, the the idea that, like, I remember at the end of, uh, you know, who was the professor in that was uh, James Old Jones was like, mm-hmm. you had the opportunity to learn what it's like to be black, right? Mm-hmm. right. And that was the thing. is like he dealt with this. He, he was sure. to do that. I was like, yeah, and I just remember that line. I'm like, okay, so that is what, you know, Dorothy was doing right. Yeah. She had the opportunity because she or he was an asshole, right? But and he did treat women like shit. Absolutely, right? he's a fucking sexist tool. But he he's also, terrible. but no, but he wasn't. He, but it was. What was interesting is that he it, he was not this. So how did he do that and still immediately? recognize his faults when he became Dorothy. Well, this is because it's basically in the opening gag. Like his whole thing as an actor is like, he's not going to do what even the director wants him to do because he's going to discover the character himself. Well, that's the, that that is the, and then he fucking does. (laughs) Right. Which is, which is, uh, uh, you know, the method acting thing. So there was a little bit of notes, on ma- mocking method acting. Oh, in, totally. Yeah. In this thing. Like the whole, like the whole, like the whole, uh, Leo Tolstoy is dying scene. That was so great. It, yeah. It's so fucking funny. Just like, you like, so you want me to walk to the middle of the set? <laughs> yes. Love. Yeah. Cause half the house can't see you. You know, <laughs> not with me. It's Tolstoy. Like, slam. One of the best <laughs> scenes is when he goes back knowing what she likes or wants a man to say to him. And he, he does it. He slapped. He fucking throws the drink and in his face. I, it, that was like a real point for yeah. his growth to be like, because it yeah. was almost like sneaky. It's sneaky how he did it. You know, it was, like, yeah. Well, and, this is and this then the he thing. Failed. And right. Like, he learns he in that moment because I mean, what he's doing the entire time in the beginning of the movie, he is like he's pretending to be caring towards people, but towards women, so he can get laid. Like this is probably this is the only way he really thinks about it. like what he's trying to like he's just randomly hitting on people that come to his birthday party. Like he's a fucking asshole. Like he's like he's not he's not trying to connect with anybody at all. Well, he's they literally like, say no one will hire you because you're an asshole. Because you're an asshole, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's literally in the in the script, right. you know. And so like this is the that's the thing. It's like there's you know I think that there's like I I I don't know what. Um, what parts were written by whom, but I, I have never seen uh, like, like, cause even when Hoffman talks about Tootsie today, uh, like he gets actually quite choked up talking about it. It's a very meaningful movie to him. And they worked incredibly hard to make this work. And I think that uh, like to this day, he thinks of Dorothy Michaels as the, his, his greatest the greatest role ever because he actually discovered something about himself as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like not just because he's like, I nailed it. It's just like, I became somebody else as, right. as Dorothy. But this was also, you know, around the time when he was doing a lot of those really trying to be a person that was, and that, and that would, he was sure. cast into, you know, like think about rain man and all that stuff that yeah. he was rain like. Man was 85. Yeah. It's 80. Yeah. Somewhere. Around yeah. There. Which is okay. It's a good, that's a good movie. It's okay. Uh, like, uh, right. uh, you know, I think, he, I think he's, I think he's good in these movies, but like, uh, and I always, I always like Hoffman, but like, um, but like, I really, I'm, I'm in love with Dor- Dorothy Michaels as a, as a person in that movie. Like, I, I'm just like, that's someone I really identify with. Um, and it's because like, it really is 
Hoffman. Like, I think it really is him in a way that he's never in any other role been able to be, you know? And, uh, and so like, he's, it has an emotional, like Dorothy is such a, such an incredible performance that it's hard for me to think of her as Dustin Hoffman. That's like, the thing that's bizarre. Uh, like well, these aren't the same. Well, that's the thing that I think was so powerful. And I think this is why it got like, a lot of people's attention. And the, the key scene is when he plays, does the like talking to right this scene right here, which were behind us. Yeah. Where he comes in as Dorothy and it's totally it's Dorothy. And then he says, and then totally his voice changes to my, it's like, it's me, buddy. It's me. And he's like, the, yeah, you're just like, whoa, it, whoa, it's just like it, even yeah. the audience, yeah, even the shocking. audience is jarring change, yeah. Yeah, jarring change. Yeah. Right. And so that I think is the, the, the thing that was so powerful in this film is how much he was transformed. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. But I agree that's all part of the story. Everything you've said is part of the story. He's playing tricks on everybody. Yeah. So he's still that same person. Yeah. And uh, he's slowly changing internally to me- to live up to Dorothy's level. Like that's the, the story. Like the story of the movie is that Dorothy is the person he ide- idealizes. He wishes he could become Dorothy. Well, I, yeah. I actually think he wishes. I think it was more about because she had a child. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to be a parent or just have have empathy for, or be focused on somebody besides himself yeah, and he right. saw her beauty and with a child he's like that's just something that's like oil and water to me right. and right. It, it was a fascinating is the swing set scene or something he was or helping mm-hmm. the baby taking oh yeah like the, 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 the one of my favorite lines in the movie is when like uh jessica lang's kid is just like throwing shit all over the place and making a mess of the apartment she's and dorothy's there to to babysit for her and she's cleaning the baby up and she holds the baby up to the mirror and says, you want to see what a bad girl looks like? And I'm just like, yep, <laughs> there it is. You know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's such an amazing, like, I would say that this movie, like you'd have to think, about, I, I would agree that you would have to think about it differently if you did it today, because like you'd want to make sure that there was like, we, that you really did think through what, uh, how, how people would, feel about this today and how they'd receive Dustin Hoffman playing this role. However, that said in that it's a movie that was made long ago, you know, and people, you know, you, you have to sort of make allowances for different times. I don't think you can make any of those movies that, now. You yeah, can't make but, this. You can't make boys. Don't cry. You can't make any of that shit yeah. anymore. Well, the thing is like it's this, done. <laughs> you know, this, this movie, uh, like I, I, I would, I would bet for most modern audiences would hold up extraordinarily well in what it is what it is saying about personal identity and being yourself and, uh, and seeing things from, uh, seeing a, seeing yourself from a new point of view, uh, that makes, that's, that's enriching, uh, that any, any other sort of surface eighties issues will just go away because the movie's intention is incredibly kind hearted, uh, and very, and very, very real. So yeah, I think that's, it's definitely something to think about, but if anyone's not, if anyone's not seen it, like don't, worry about like this the, this is the soul man effect <laughs> no <laughs> like, no no like i did I, but i did want to bring that up because yeah. this was a thing that was big in that time it's like sure. was the being book of the film chris overwhelming that it kind of affected the storytelling the, uh, listen i i i still think this is a very powerful film i'm not dismissing it right but the the look of the film had a little bit to do with it uh and i think there was and also there was 
there was definitely things like the music that was like, oh, God. The music is kind of overwhelming. I'll give you oh. that one for sure. Like, that is some... But for me, it was overwhelming back then. Yeah. It it's like, like uh... it's just corny, bad, bad music. Yeah. There's just no way around it. Like, the, there's no way. It was a that. little bit of working girl feel to it a yeah. little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. It's so, it's so goofball. It's but, like... but it is, but uh, listen, I, the fact that I said that it went downhill for me does not necessarily mean that I think it's a bad film. No, it just no, doesn't not I'm feel, doesn't feel right to me. And, and, and maybe. Yeah, if you and if you did think it was a bad film, that's okay. I'm only saying this to say for people who have not seen this yet, don't don't sweat it too much. And so, and so, for example, the way I want to say, like for example, the the, I felt like they were emphasizing that you know Jessica Lange is a single mom, and that was a big deal to put on screen back then, right? And and it was it's a legitimate thing. It it was, but. It, it it was, and today it's definitely not a big deal to have a single mom. It's very common, right? Uh, but to me, when I think about the powerful single mom scenario, I was thinking more of you know, world according to Garb. Now that's a oh, different for sure. kind of, that's a different level of single mom. You yeah, know I, mean? I mean, like like in in world like there's no like there's no contest in terms of this particular character, right? Like, like Jessica Lange's, I mean, I don't, I, I think that Jessica Lange's a great actor. This is not her greatest role. This is like, she's just like a fucking, she's the, the single normal person. She was much movie. better in, in King Kong. She's actually much better. I'm going to, I'll go to bat for that. And you want to see an awkward mess, see King Kong, 1977. 1977, yeah. 1977. Wow. Yeah. 77, 76. Yeah. 77. So, in that ballpark. Yeah. Like, where that, that is, there's so much weird offensive shit in that movie. It's, it's kind of a, sh- it's astonishing. It's astonishing. Uh, very, still very much worth seeing because, like, it's a mix of, like, you're just like, some of it is actually great. Some of it is beautifully acted. Some yeah. of it is the worst fucking knockoff Roger Corman, you know, puppet right. bullshit you've ever seen. And some puppet of it is so unco- so uncomfortable. It's really radical to watch. It's like, I do want to bring going back to act. going back to this. Jason, this is E.T. single mom. And he's absolutely right. Think about yeah, that. That's yeah, a great so, one. Yeah. So you have E.T., you yeah. have uh, uh, World According to Garp, and yes. uh, uh, Tootsie all coming out in the same year. They're all, all trying to for, deal with the same deal. They're right? all dealing with yeah. – so it must have been a hot topic in 1983. Oh, without a doubt. And the thing is like – and I would and I would actually say like uh, it it would be unfair to uh, single moms or single parents today to say that that's not still an incredible fucking challenge. Of course challenge. it's still an issue. <laughs> like, what, but, but in the 80s – there was the there is there the the subtext of what is happening in the eighties. The sexism that frames it is: can women do this without a man? Like, right. which is fucking idiotic, obviously. Right. Um, and so there's a lingering shadow of that. But it is that that's the way people are thinking about it in that in that time period. You know, that's just the way it was. But like, if you want to see the good, well, drama it's also, and in in some cases, it and and did they sort of do this a little bit in Tootsie as well? It's like she needs a man to save her, right? Which right. is what he sort of. They don't actually say that, but that's one of the, the subtexts that are going on here. Well, right? like, like she's yeah, she's like she wants a relationship in her life for sure. Like, like she's they don't they don't they don't go, they're not so progressive as to say she doesn't like she's not looking for anybody. Um, but, uh, uh, she's meeting, she's, she is meeting essentially Dorothy on her own level. Right. Right. Whereas all the other male characters like Dabney Coleman, who's a heroic villain in this fucking thing. It's amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. like it's like, she needs a man in her life. Otherwise her life will fall apart when clearly she, her life is fine. And and to deal with all the bullshit that he provides Dabney Coleman. 
yeah exactly i mean like she like her professionally she's like she's a giant success like there's like there's no like like can she do it by herself she's doing it by herself she's a fucking millionaire like this is obviously working very well um but she does feel like her entire life is jam-packed with responsibilities and she wants to share at least the stress with somebody else sure. and that's why she's looking to connect with somebody but yeah. like that's the and and knowing that the, the only men out there are fucking dabney coleman's of the world that's very stressful for her and uh, and she just puts up with that kind of, coleman's stuff. of the world well i also you know i i do you know one of my my friends who who you guys know uh, uh donna she she told me you know she was sort of becoming uh on going on set and becoming a producer around this time sort of elevating her career this is, and she had, when was terminate when did terminator come out 84. first one huh 84 84 so the year after this so yeah so she was like you know i was a producer i was on on set and people were still calling me tootsie right so yeah, like sure. right you know and so it's which is which is funny because she calls me kiddo all the time even though I'm in my fifties. <laughs> What's that, guys? <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, I, but, would, I, I think when you're, I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But but so I do. I when I was thinking about like what it must have been like to be on set of a soap opera in the '80s and mm-hmm. dealing with that, which is very well portrayed in this film, yes, right? Sir. I think and of soap dish. And, yeah. so, and I so think of well. yeah, soap dish, yeah, yeah. And, and and even broadcast news a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Like somehow I was thinking about, but I do think about like those stories for, that I heard from Donna about things like that. So it was really kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, should we uh, get to who? Oh, there's a bunch of people in chat, and if you guys want to chime in, who has not seen this movie, let us know. We'd love to know. Uh, I know a lot of you don't actually chat, type in chat, but that's cool. We'd love to know. Uh, if you want to type in who hasn't seen it, but we're going to go through it anyway, but I'd like to be, be curious to see at what level we should, uh, we should go into it. Um, um, uh, but this is, this was a very, this was also during a time and when, when, uh, pop popular movies and good movies went hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Right. Weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, they don't happen today. Because I was thinking about it today. It was like you've got the popular movies, and then now they just call it Oscar bait movies. Yes, yes. right, right. Which yeah, is cause... really sad that that's just a different class of movie. Right. Uh, but there was a time when you know Gandhi was a popular movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like a big hit. A really a big huge hit. hit yeah. Right. And yeah. and 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 so was Tootsie. Tootsie was very big and i think i remember during that time also tootsie was you know it was very uncommon for a comedy to be nominated for best picture yes right right because yeah. it was like this is a fun movie and then this is a serious movie that we will actually award things so this was and to put that in perspective based on the the the, the story i think it's absolutely correct that it was nominated but let's get through the story as it is now very cheesy Little yeah. mo- lots of mo- an, lots of eighties montages. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it is a it is a light breezy eighties comedy. Like it's in the vein but of like Ghostbusters. With level. Great yes, with great with, okay. with great acting. And honestly speaking, I'm I'm not always a fan of Dustin Hoffman because I think sometimes he's a little too much too Boku, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah I hear you. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like in Rain Man, it's like, okay, can you really try to get more Rain Manny out of you? You know, like yeah. I, I kept, I kept thinking of um, what's his name um, in uh, Tropic Thunder. Like, don't go full retard, right? You yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. This is the kind of thing where it's like that's that's Oscar baby to me. It's a good, it's right. a good performance. It's slightly insensitive. It's uh, but it's 
but it's solid. At the same time, yeah. you're like, you're looking for a little, it's a little scratch right there. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's the motivation behind that. Yeah. But this is, this is very interesting because of course the, there is a lot of meta in this. He is an actor who played, <laughs> he's a very famous actor who's famous for his method acting performance. Yeah. And he's playing an actor who is teaching people how to act like him. Right. And he's a, and he does his, uh, he's a, yeah, he's a, I mean, besides being an actor who's looking for work, <laughs> right, who can't find work because apparently he's an asshole, which we find out, you know, we know yep. very much about it. He is, uh, he's also teaching people about his, his method, right? And you see him, uh, uh, auditioning for different things, uh, and he seems to be very, uh, how, like, resistant or like, this is the way it should be done. He doesn't actually take direction very well. No, he's a fucking, it's, he's the, he's a nightmare. Like he's an absolute, this is the kind of actor that you never, ever, ever want to work with. And it's right. great that Dustin Hoffman is basically making fun of himself in doing this stuff. Cause they, right. he's known for this. And he's like on stage, like he can't be on stage for five fucking minutes without fighting with the director and getting canned. Like nobody right. will work with him. He's just impossible. And like, right. a, there's, there's a great sequence in the beginning where like, yeah, he's talking, he's telling other actors, like, it's so hard to get work. And, and then it's showing why it's so hard for him to get work. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> but it also shows, like, how much he has to change. Oh, yeah. And out of touch, he is. Like, the journey that he has to go yes. through. Yes. Oh my God, it's perfect. And, yeah. he, and it's all good. And he does all of that so he can get his show up, Bill Murray's show up, which is uh, Love and Love Canal or. Return right. to love. Can, love also, canal. can I just point out the 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 subtle and not so subtle gags in this movie, which are fantastic. There are a number I of are there, there are a number of characters who have bisexual mm. names, meaning that there's like Sandy is either masculine or feminine, depending. Right. Like there's loads of that stuff. Uh, Bill Murray's play is Return to Love Canal, which is symbolic, and right. he's asking whether you should keep the necktie scene. Which is symbolic. <laughs> like there's just right. loads of these little gags where you're like, oh man. <laughs> like, right. But yeah, so like this is, it's like this, this is a, this script, this screenplay is, um, is so tight and so, uh, and, and so rewritten in the best way, like rewritten in the Casablanca way, because Casablanca went through like 25 rewrites with 50 different people and turned into Casablanca. Mm -hmm. Like this went through a process where, Every single line was so perfectly manicured and designed for its actor and to make this. So every role becomes part of the mechanism of the movie. Like right. it's like, there's, there's so little fat on the screenplay. It's amazing how much shit yeah, happens. I'm kind of curious movie. how they broke that down too, because yeah. the main actor is playing a woman, a male playing a woman. It's almost like, they blocked it out like somebody just wrote for Hoffman, not as Dorothy Michaels, and then a woman, somebody came in and just wrote for Dorothy Michaels. Yes, you know I believe that Lane May's voice is. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. could also, be. I also feel like that, like for Bill Murray, I just feel like it was improv. Yeah, but they're very careful with it. They don't. They don't. Yes, they are. Yeah. But the, the whole yeah. thing with him, like I want people in the theater to come oh, yeah. in out of a rainstorm. And and it's so like it reminded me of when in Annie Hall he's like put your foot on my heart scene he's like I'm going to throw up right now it's okay yeah, well man. well I, I like what I liked about Bill Murray because I mean eighty three Bill Murray right he was he was very 
in your face yes, at that very, time, yeah, right? right. Well, and what is, I liked about this one is that he's very subtle in background. Yes. Right? This, this is one of my favorite Murray well, early, he also especially did, early Murray. Uh, what's it called again? A uh, Razor's Edge after that. Yeah. Right. Like he, he really plays his plays his cards pretty pretty close to his chest in this movie. Right. And uh and I think that Which the, doesn't take away from Hoffman, but it also just sweetens it. It's yes. like a harmony. Yes. And that's and that's and that's the real genius here for me for me. It's like first yes. of all the script is perfect, but second of all, like like cuz I agree with you on Hoffman. I'm sort of like sometimes he's great, sometimes yeah. he's overspending, you know, but the real star of this movie and uh is that can, makes it all connect and all work is Sidney Pollack. Sidney Pollack is as a director, he is I don't think I'm not sure if he ever directed a comedy before. But he has he had already directed some of my favorite films, like he directed Three Days of the Condor and stuff like that. Did he do Bobby Deerfield? He did Bob. I think he did Bobby Deerfield. Like this dude is a very very serious. Uh, he did comes out of a, Africa. Afterwards. Out of Africa comes a horseman. Like he's a real actor's director. Like he's an incredibly empathic. The firm. The, 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 yeah, he he didn't direct the firm, but he lived, he's in the firm. He's terrific. Uh, oh, no, no, he, he did. No, he, you're right. He did direct. It. I was thinking the other one, but yeah, no, you're yeah. right. He did direct it, and he is like a. He is a he's a he's part of the uh sort of the uh the journeyman of the seventies, like uh 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 Alan Pakula, uh Pakula rather, um who were just like incredible craftsmen but weren't like Coppola, weren't like flashy super geniuses. Mm -hmm. They were just incredibly good, tight directors. Um and what's who's the guy who did uh Twelve Angry Men? Uh that's not Pakula Pat Pakula, no, that's uh, uh the other great it's not Pollock. It's not. No, Pula. you just mentioned him. He, she was Elaine May's husband. Oh, oh Mike Nichols. No, that's not Mike Nichols. That's an, although Mike Nichols is also part of that crew. You know, um, it's hang on. I got to look this up because he's really great. 12 angry. What's it? Oh yeah. Sydney Lumet. Sydney Lumet. Thank you. Sydney Lumet. So like these guys are this handful of directors in the, in the sixties and seventies. New York came, school. Yeah. And like they, they all are, they all cut their teeth on TV and they become ultra pro, like at at turning things in on time, super tight, really sharp, very uh, uh, very detailed productions, um, and uh, and they're uh, they're kind of forgotten about in the face of these other auteur directors of the seventies that are very vivid, you know, like uh, you know George Lucas and Spielberg Peck and, and Peckinpah and all these very showy great directors but very very showy um whereas like you watch three days of the condor and you're like this is a good movie star movie like there's nothing particular oh it's fucking awesome but i mean that's like pollock right that's pollock and yeah. so like he's done nothing but up to this point he's done nothing but really tightly directed professional stuff and uh and then he does tootsie and they hire him because he's a pro and already the movie is you know it's a complicated movie to put together they've been working on it for like a while and they bring him on because they want to make sure that the thing lands and he's never done a comedy before. And he is so tight in directing these actors and making sure that all of their motivations connect with each other and push each other around properly that you, I can't give credit to any one single person in this movie. It's not like Hoffman's amazing and he carries it like in Mr. Mom, like, like fucking, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Terry Gar is equally as good, if not better, than Hoffman. 
you know, in terms of telling jokes, just making the the comedy work. And yeah. all, well, Hoffman—that's the thing that's interesting about it. Hoffman is n- not a comedian. I mean, he's, he's done comedian. some comedy, but he's not a comedian the way those other guys—the way that especially Bill Murray and Terry Bill Murray, Gar are, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, and and so and even what's his the the bad guy? Uh, oh, um, Dabby Coleman, who's Dabby Coleman, who's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's he what plays, the, the, was it? What was the? What was the the the? He did a bunch of sitcom stuff, didn't he? Oh yeah, like uh, Dabby Coleman. Uh, like he was, was he on Carol Burnett? Was yeah, he probably. Did something called, yeah, he, some, he did something in, about a, a, a newsman in Buffalo. Like, what was that thing called? He's Furman in. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, he's was, in, Hang on, uh, let's let's bring up. Wasn't the, it Furman and something or other? Yeah, hang on. I'm I'm looking up Coleman. Dabney Coleman. Dabney Coleman's amazing. Dabney Coleman. Okay, so Dabney Coleman. Uh, he plays more or less the same kind of character in every movie all the time. Uh, yeah, absolutely perfect. Nine to five. Nine to five, short that's right. time, he's... modern problems on Golden Pond. Like he's this sort of like intellectual, pushy, sexist asshole guy, and right. he he got this shtick down to a science. Like you just show up, and he had these weird little mannerisms or whatever it is, and you're just like, uh, that prick. <laughs> it's just and it's so savory every time he shows up on on set, and what and he he basically builds a character. That you will enjoy seeing destroyed. war games. He was in war games. War games. Too. Yeah, yes. he's great in war games. Yes, and yeah. but he did a show, and I remember it somehow it it made it to Greece for some reason. But it was a show and lasted two seasons, nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty four, called Buffalo Bill. Yes, played a, yes, what? that's right. I that's played a right. news. Uh, he played a, a daytime talk show host from Buffalo, New York. Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. He he's terrific. He is. I think he may still be around. Right, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's still alive. He's Dad, Dabby Coleman's still alive. Look at that. Wow. Good for him, man. No, he's, okay. he's terrific. He's one of my favorite characters. And he is like, he is the villain and he motivates them. I and mean, like every part of this, every, and I would even say like, here's the, here's a, I didn't thought of thinking about this before. I'm talking about Jessica Lange as the straight man. Durning was great in this too. Durning is great in the movie. And Durning, like. The key, the, 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 um, what's it called again? The, the ring. He's like. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> oh, the, best. the best. The best. Just his little. <laughs> yeah, like, like. There, there are there are multiple straight straight men in this movie, right? One is Jessica yes. Lang, and she's sort of flat. Um, Charles Durning is a straight man, and he's perfect. Like his his interactions are hysterical. He's so yeah. genuine and so clueless. Um, uh, what's and, her name? Uh, the other one who's always in her bra and panties. Oh, and Gina Davis. Gina Davis, hysterically funny. <laughs> that was her first film, apparently. Oh my god! Like everybody is is everyone's dialed right in. Everybody is dialed in. Right, thing. just insane. Right. Oh, you know what? It, I was just thinking about the, 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 her and her bra and panties at the end of the thing because the whole, sorry, the whole gag is that he is dressed as a woman, but he's a, he's a, he's also a male chauvinist who wants to get, you know, be with girls. Yeah, exactly. And so he ends up in the changing room with Gina Davis, who's super hot and she's in her bra and panties. So he has to not react to the fact that he's with this hot girl in her bra and panties, right? Which made me, that's a very, Old school gag, which also was done, by the way, in Some, Some like, like It Hot. Hot. So Some if you like think Hot, about Some right. Like It, right? right. Yeah. And it's so, like the mecha- only like the mechanism of it in the movie is like he gets to see uh, like uh, people as they really are and, and like, women talking about things that are of actual concern in their lives. And he's right. sort of like he's privy to this all the time with Jessica Lange, with uh, Gina Davis and all this kind of stuff and who like who don't feel safe 
talking to people like Dabney Coleman about any of these problems. But he is Dabney Coleman. Rather, no, like the, the, rather, Dustin Hoffman gets to see this uh, that uh, in a way that that, that yes, uh, but Dustin Hoffman is Dabney is, Coleman. Is essentially yes, and Dustin right. Hoffman is as bad as Dabney Coleman. Right. And so, like, it's a because he has this uh, the secret perspective. This is why he learns. Like, this is it's this is the whole structure. Of it. Yes. Like, yes, if you yes. were just if you could only be in a position where you fucking listen for a second, then maybe you'd stop being. Then maybe you'd stop wrecking your own life. Uh, right. And it, and it's like. Uh, like, so all of the, even though these are sort of classic old school setups, they're all built to make the character a better person always. Like he always has an opportunity to go, Oh wait, I'm the asshole over and over and over again. Right. Uh, and it takes, he's such an asshole. It takes the entire movie to chip away all that stuff. And uh, they do it with every single character all the way around. So it's fucking incredible. And the and the dude who uh, we got, there's too much to talk about. Let's keep going. He uh, well, we're still at the very beginning. Yes. So we haven't even got. We've, we've got. Talked we've talked through the whole movie several times in terms of the feel, but never <laughs> actually talked about the movie. While you guys are going, I want to yeah, fill please. my my cup up. Hold on. Please go. All right, keep, keep going. We'll, we'll just keep going. So, um, so basically, just a premise. So he's got he's an actor. He can't get any work because he's an asshole. He's teaching people how to embrace roles and sort of doing this method acting method, right? Yeah. Uh, he uh, he has his teacher's pets who he basically wants to use to have sex with. Yeah, One he's includes a fucking scumbag. He's a scumbag. you know Terry, which is listen. This is so stereotypical of that you know acting people, right? And then uh, he he is a uh, uh, so but Terry Gar is one of them, right? And so and then he has his roommate, who is played by Bill Murray, who's a writer, and, who's a writer, right? Yeah. Who's written a play. And so what they're trying to do is they want to raise enough money to put up the a play that he is going to star in, right? He's going to star in the play, and his roommate's writing the role, right? Right. And so that's the only way he's going to get it done, right? And so Terry Gar. Is uh is going to audition for a role on a soap opera, where she's got to play a specific role, right? Uh, uh, for uh, this soap opera is about a hospital, so it's very general hospital type right. feel to it. Just to put it out there, in terms of what it was, um, and uh, you know, soap operas back in the day, they 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 were for those of you who are not from the United States, <laughs> they were. They were on every day, yes. five days a week. Yep. They were, were very thin. To them. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, people, they were very thin mm-hmm. plot, right? Yeah. Barely progressing all the time. Melodrama galore. Melodrama terrible. about everything mm-hmm. so that people basically tuned in every day, right? Yeah, it's something to pass the time while you're doing fucking... You know, doing the dishes. Which doing is the dishes. Soap operas. Soap operas, yeah. Right? soap. So, so, uh, so that's what was, uh, basically going on at that time. Now they don't do, do soap operas still happen? I, yep. They must still no, be going still, on. They're still going on. Like oh, the n- network still runs soap operas. There's not quite as many of them. And really what has happened is they've become, uh, so high style and high production value that they're just regular Netflix series. <laughs> you know, right. just like we've, we've, we've learned from the age of HBO that if you spend enough money on a soap opera, it's called prestige. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how it works now. But yes, so, what soap, soap opera, what soap opera are you talking about? Oh, just all, soap operas in general. Yeah. Soap operas from the 80s and how in they the, were. In the 80s. And yeah, 90s, they, they just had to pump these things out a lot. So it was very interesting. But, but it's also. Do it. Yeah. There's yeah, shows it was, now on Apple that I'm like, that's a soap opera. It's a soap opera. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, White Lotus. Really good. It's a yeah, soap opera. I love it. Opera. It's it's like, yeah. I mean, so, like, but it's I'm, totally I'm, a soap opera. I started, what, I started what watching. episode are you on? Uh, we just, uh, season two, we started, we just did third episode, I've, I think. So yeah, I've just, I already blew through season two. It's so awesome. Yeah. I, I have to catch up on that. I'm, I'm just catching up on, uh, Yellowstone. Uh, which is a okay. soap opera. <laughs> it's, right. it's a it's a horse opera, uh, and it's the same How thing. How do you like yeah. it? I want to watch that. Uh, it was a little. The first half an hour was a little wobbly for me. I was like, I don't know, and I just sort of like, like I think a lot of the, a lot of the sort of uh, B level background characters were not very strongly directed. I felt like it was. It felt it felt very like <laughs> sort of dynasty ish. Uh, for the first half an yeah, hour, which is also a soap opera. It's soap opera. <laughs> uh, and Falcon but Falcon Crest, uh, Falcon Crest. It, but it does yeah, finally get its shit together. Falcon Crest or oh, oh, no, Landing. McMuggy Man says, Down, "Downton Abbey." That is a fucking <laughs> soap opera. Oh my Down god, Abbey. Abbey. Yeah. soap opera. Yeah. Um, but but definitely check out uh, Yellowstone. The first I finished the first episode and it it stabilized itself and became quite good by the end. It's, it's good so far. The spinoffs are incredible, though. They have, I like, hear they're great. Yeah, shows, that's actually yeah. the reason why I'm watching this. I, I want to see that. Is, yeah. is doing one. Yeah, it's Helen Mirren. Right. Yeah, but yeah. So like right. the this the the soap opera that is at the heart of Tootsie is uh, one that initially Terry Gar is auditioning for. Right. Right. And it's the classic soap opera that you had in the eighties. Uh, uh, all interior, super hospital like, show, shot, right. hospital show with you know harsh lighting, very the, very studio. And lit. the actors, the leads on it are even very the oh, old God. guy that. The, old, the guy. old guy, yeah. Oh my oh god, god. god, who is that guy? Who the guy who plays he, the doctor? He is soap so dish really covers funny. a lot of that. Oh guys, my like, god, that, yeah, that's the, the that guy. Yeah, hang on for a second. George uh, Gaines is his name. Yeah, he is so fucking funny in this movie. He, he, like, is he should have been more so funny. And he did he did he he did a bunch of the really ch- like air, airplane and all that Police oh, yeah. Academy. Yeah, that's what he was in. Yeah. Like he he's in a bunch of shitty movies and he's still good. Right. But in Tootsie they. They let him run, and it's yeah because he's supposed to be that right. really cheesy guy. Yeah, like he's the he plays the old. The he's breath. way too old to be kissing anyone younger than right. fifty, right? Right. Uh, but he's constantly trying to mack on all the younger actresses, Jessica Lang and everybody like this. And you always right. see him like spraying the binaca in his mouth before his scene. It's disgusting. He's just a right. disgusting fucking pig. Uh, like, yeah, but he's also a binaca? dumb drunk. <laughs> Say again. Do we still have? Banaka around? I don't know, but that was the thing. It, the, the breath spray in the eighties was Banaka. Yeah, and uh, and like he's what like the only thing. That, oh, Banaka! Should, obviously, we should have a thing on our. We should site. have a martini giant Banaka. Yeah, I think that's nice. Uh, yeah, I'd we like still the, make it. It's forty one dollars on Amazon. There we go. Forty one bucks. Forty one dollars. That's a lot. How much are you getting? That's a lot of money. That better clear it all out. That's all I can tell you. But yeah, like the. But yeah, this, he was the he was the police chief and police academy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> his his character in this his character in this movie is uh, like the only reason he's likable is he's Jesus, also he's a big enough uh, link there, Eric. <laughs> Good lord! Uh, but like the only I don't, reason, I don't stamp out on on letters. Like the only reason his character <laughs> the only reason his character is likable at all in this movie because he's a he's a sexist a, you know abusive terrible person is he's also a complete clueless dumbass. Uh, who has no idea about the real world and is a radical drunk. So, like, you're just the you're guy just like, we're talking about. The this. guy so, we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, he's so clumsy and stupid yes. that you know he's being set up. 
like in the end he's gonna fall oh yeah like, it's just way- it's just pure cringe shame with this dude the entire time the performance is through the roof it's just incredibly funny but yeah so right. like that's the center that's the the hospital show that they're that uh Terry Gar is so she is so so go back to to Terry Gar. She is trying to audition for this. She's immediately realizes she's not right for role because she's too young. They want an older office or or hospital administrator person, right? Mm -hmm. And so he uh, just just skip ahead because we 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 can't seem to get through the first five minutes of the movie. (laughs) So so (laughs) she she asks Hoffman to help her out. Uh, and direct her, right? And try to get her into, like, and so, like, Terry Gar is a very, um, she is so, uh, self-minimizing all the time. Like, yes. She's always trying she, to, like, she's scared. She's self-deprecating a She's lot. self-deprecating. She's, like, she's. She's like that in Close Encounters, too. Oh, she's, a, yeah. Terry Gar is one of the greatest, uh, comedians of all time for me. She's incredible. And, uh, and she's sort of manic and she's self-conscious and like she's coming in to try to play this character that's supposed to be very strong-willed and she just doesn't ha- know how to get the angle on it because she herself is incredibly self-conscious so uh Dustin Hoffman's like you have to get mad you have to get mad and break through this and so he basically just starts insulting her till she's pissed off enough to uh break through and take control of the role right and it's the great uh uh, the great line where she's like, you have to come by and pick me up, come by at 11 and, and, and enrage me. And he's like, I'll come by and I'll, I'll enrage you before you go into the audition. Go, she goes to the audition, doesn't get the role. And that's when Hoffman sees a window. He's like, well, the role's still open and I need money. <laughs> but it's also, he doesn't think much of her. Well, yeah, he doesn't. Right? Think, yeah, like, he doesn't treat her with respect at all. And I don't because I'm yeah. better than you. Right, and so like he goes to uh, Sidney Pollock and and bitches that that's what it is. He finds out that someone else stole his role on stage for the Iceman Cometh, and he goes to right. uh, uh, yell at his agent Sidney Pollock, and mm-hmm. he's like, "How the fuck is that guy?" Because you're an asshole. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just like like no one will fucking work with you at all. You're a giant asshole. You ruin everything. Everything goes over budget and over schedule whenever anyone's involved. I can't even get you in a goddamn commercial playing a tomato because you wouldn't right. think it was realistic for a tomato to sit down. You know, right. it's just like, oh, it's a juicy, sexy beefsteak tomato, all this whole thing. So right. like he gets so pissed off that he's like, I'll show you wh- what I can do. And then it, instead of showing a scene where he decides, maybe I'll dress like a woman and he talks to Bill Murray about, should I do this? Nothing. You just no. cut cut to, he is dressed as Dorothy, walking right. down the street. Like, and they do it, bam. and it's a very, very iconic shot, because it's a long shot, super long shot, very long lens, of him walking down a New York street, probably something like Fifth Avenue, right? right. Where there's a lot, wide sidewalk with lots of people walking, very typical New York right. shot, where he's the only thing in focus and then everyone else is out of focus behind him. And it's this fast, it's this very fast New York walk, which I think is a very important thing. Yeah, that was a very 80s like, shot, though. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, very like 80 shot. The, the, the zoom lens, super though, of the pack. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, that was yeah. like, and even in commercials, that yeah. was like the big shot. Yeah, because um, it's, it's actually from uh, what, uh, Midnight Cowboy, right? That's a Midnight Cowboy shot. There it is, yeah, a Midnight Cowboy shot. It's, it, but this is, but this is, but as opposed to Midnight Cowboy, they're walking fast. The music has got that 
bringing its step fine to yeah. it. It's like, go, girl, go. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's totally like a fucking Virginia Slims ad. That's what it is. It's like the way Virginia it's Slims. Or, or yeah. like a, like a, um, a Jordache Jean. Jordache Jeans commercial. Jordache Jeans. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, so like, oh, just that this is how tight the script is. It's like any movie today, they would have spent like 40 fucking minutes leading up to the reveal. And instead, like, he you makes think it, so? Well, I mean, like, they would have explored it first. Like, like you know, the thing is, like, this movie just goes, you know the movie you're here to see. You saw the ad. You know the title. Bang. There he is. Right. We've like, done enough to introduce you to the character. We don't need to see the yeah, transformation. Like, because it, it, everybody the, knows who Dustin Hoffman is. Yes. By that time, he's like, yeah. they, they, they 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 spend the time in the beginning on the right thing, which is setting up his world and all the people <laughs> around him. And then they just cut to business. Like they don't, they don't waste any extra time to try to work out the mechanics of it. They just go bang, here it is. And now he's going into audition for the role that Terry Gar lost. Right. Right. And he, and he walks in and he's, you know, he's tried to work out this whole shtick. He walks in, he walks in front of the camera and Dabney Coleman's like too ugly. Get out. You know, like just fucking completely cancer. And, right. uh, and then she's like, no, 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 no. the voice is the best. It's not, it's like, no, 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 just wait, just wait. You're right there. And she's like, so well, well, that's, a, that's, right I think was there. so jarring. And I think this is something that I think that Dustin Hoffman really sort of capitalized on his natural voice is very deep. Yes. Right. Very deep. Yeah. And, and so uh, when he takes on, uh, uh, her role, he, takes that voice to a very high level super high super southern high, accent so, southern accent and very soft very Shame and very breathy like yeah. this oh you know? my god it's fucking gold it's gold and like it's so con- like and it's so uh, during because after like, he, like he turns like he when he switches like what the fuck was it's that it's like a massive gear shift <laughs> yes yeah, but like like he instantly, and this is this is beautiful. It's like as soon as like Dabney Coleman just was like, "Fuck that!" Nope. Like I'm looking for a hot girl that I can put on TV. That's basically what Coleman's looking for. Right. Like he just blows her off, and she comes back and says like, "No, like shame!" And like starts fucking yelling at him on set, shame like on you. Shame, "Shame on you for anyone!" Blah blah. And just like bitches Dabney Coleman out, right? And this is what Hoffman was doing to the other directors on stage, but now right. he's doing it. Because he's Dorothy, like right. everyone is totally knocked off their game. Like right. this is not how women act, act. at all in right. this setting. Like this is like this is the director. He's a man. You do what he says. He We're says. looking for hot chicks. That's right. That's it. And he's just but like, but but an executive producer <laughs> watches him. He's like, could you come back? Background? Yeah, come back. Yeah, hold on a second. And this like, is an, and she's an like she's a, like she's the executive producer, and right. she's like she is the person essentially that like that Dabney Coleman is trying to cast is the executive producer. She's right. Like, Here's a powerful woman who's in control and does business, right? Right. And and she's like, uh, could you come back here, Miss Michaels? And <laughs> gives her the shot, and then the whole thing busts wide open because right. the like because uh uh he is coming at it with a like whereas every other woman in the movie is smart, professional, and totally on their game all the time. They've also lived in the scenario where they've just been beaten down emotionally by the unbelievable yeah. constant sexism 
that holds them back to the to you see in all of them they're just like this is just the fucking way it is and i have to take it this way like they're like then it's totally established like all the dudes on the cameramen everybody is a passive sexist constantly and they're just in this environment like there's jessica lang's in this environment like like if i make waves like i don't have a job anymore like this is just the way that it is and they're de- they're demoralized and here comes dorothy michaels and because it's like it's coming at it with hoffman's rage with frustration frustration with directors which gets right. him canned all the time like he delivers the argument that they all are, they have already all, all they already all have but are too tired to make he's coming to it with fresh eyes and immediately starts bitching this dude out and everybody is inspired because they agree with him like they're just like yes my god fine fucking put these people in their place you know make this thing fucking work and right it catches fire and so like what what's really brilliant about it is that like this isn't a man coming in and teaching anybody anything like he is put in the position that all these other women in the movie are already in and already fully understand but because they've been living with it for a decade plus they're just like this is an impossible fight i do my best and he comes in super pissed off and indignant in but a way that they a already agree with. Change the woman's life, though. No, no that's, yes, that's, that's exactly. No, the case. that's that's no, that's <laughs> no, that's exactly. That's not. That's this is not the case. He is not like he is not. You need a with, man to change a woman's this life. This is not is what, what happens. That is that is not what happens <laughs> but, in this movie. That's honest, he, dude, this is like what what happens in this movie. But is you can see how he, someone would say that, right? <laughs> no, well, no, well, like no, because the thing is that like in every other, there's plenty of movies that do that. Just like they come in, and just like well, well, ladies, what you need to do is stand up for yourselves. Like, thanks a lot, dickhead. We live here, you know. Whereas, like, the only reason that. Dorothy is saying something that is valuable is because she's feeling the pinch for the first time. Now, all the other women already know this. Well, the pinch was is that he almost lost the job because apparently he, she wasn't good looking enough. Yes, exactly. So like okay, so- all of this is hitting him. Like all this is hitting Hoffman. All this is hitting Dorothy. Wait, like you're not going to hire me because I'm not good looking. Like, all of a sudden it's what? like, and he's instantly indignant. We already have seen him as an indignant actor to begin with. He's already unreasonable to start with, but like he's a hothead and this happens to him. Something that happens to the women that work there every single day to the fact that there's like, this is just the fucking way it is. It sucks. And I can't, I just can't think about it anymore. He comes in and he reacts exactly how he would react to any director being an asshole because he normally has the privilege to do this. Uh, But he's like, Oh shit, this is how women have to live. And he makes a realization like he's right. not he's not teaching them anything he's making a realization and all the because he says it out loud all the other women in the film go thank christ somebody fucking smacked that dude around she'll probably be fired but at least the at least they've the, at least uh, right. she attacked Dabney Coleman the way he deserves so that's the intro to this character and how he gets the role but that as this thing goes on as you mentioned he does sort of <laughs> infiltrate not just the women's world, but the women's world from behind the camera, right? From from uh, on 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 stage and and how they deal with chauvinist directors and right. actors, right? So right. the first thing he does is he realizes he's in this world and out of place, like he's in the dressing room with Gina Davis, right? So that's another thing that happens. He's like, 
you know, that's a gag that we've mentioned before where he's, he is conflicted by her being very honest to him and also him sort of being let into a world where he can be a peeping Tom. Right. Right. Which is a little bit creepy as well. Right. Absolutely. Uh, uh, And so, so this is kind of this, this, this situation there, but what's also interesting is as he's sort of enjoying the fruits of him being a peeping Tom, he is also realizing he's about to be accosted by a man because they said it, they said it in like, Oh, you like this? But by the way, there's a really old creepy guy who's of spraying Banaka in his face and it's written in the script. He's going to be making out with you. He makes out with all the girls. They call him Mr. Tongue or Dr. Tongue. Right. And so it's like, Oh shit. And the guy is just creepy and horrible right (laughs) and you realize like oh it's like yes i'm gonna enjoy being a woman because i get to like see women from you know in the dressing room oh no someone's about to basically assault me it's gonna stick his tongue in my mouth right i just have to put up with this and i have to put up with (laughs) this stuff right so this is kind of the interesting sort of duality that happens throughout this whole process right yeah and so um so on on set itself there's a lot of these scenarios that happen like one is that and the other one obviously is the other famous thing, which is the title of the movie, they keep he keeps calling her like you know sugar lips and tootsie and whatever else is going on, right? And so that's another sort of uh, uh, constantly being demeaned, constantly being yeah. talked about like yeah. a hey toots, like, yeah. hey toots, right? Yeah. Uh, as opposed to my name is I'm no, not sugar Doris. or sweetie or doll. It's Dorothy, <laughs> right? D O R T. It's just like I have every every fucking line of this thing memorized, like, right? Like, and, and she, like, Dorothy, uh, like, because he, uh, because, uh, Dabney Coleman, uh, is such a fucking obvious sexist pig. No, right? So, like, it, it, there's, it, it's, there's no, there's no gray matter there. <laughs> there's, like, it is, it's, it's, it's pure really black radical. guy. Sorry, yeah, man, like, I mean, like, black or white, you know, yeah, like, he's so, the like, bad guy. Yeah, and so, <laughs> you know, like, he's, like, like, she, like, she understands, like, and this is where Hoffman's perspective comes in. Right. Yeah. Is that Hoffman sees himself in Coleman. Like he's able to eviscerate Coleman and take control of the set because you know that Michael Dorsey is the same kind of fucking scumbag. Now, yes. Okay. But yes and no. Now, now I'm not necessarily saying yeah, he's better or that. worse. I don't see him. There's not he's, a, he's, not a, the, he's not a bad I person. I think he's an that. asshole for his art where the other yes. guy is just an asshole for power. Well, yeah, yes. Like, yes, absolutely yes. true. Absolutely true. One hundred percent. He's a much yes. more likable, good person than Daddy Cole. But they're both chauvinist in different yes. ways. Now he yeah. he is. The thing is, uh, uh, Hoffman tries to say, you know, I'm here to empower you as an actress. But mm. you know, under but also by the way, if you want to sleep with me, that'd be cool too, right? Right. right. While uh, uh, the uh, the director uh, uh, is. Just basically like just using his power to all the time, all the time to get whatever he wants sexually out of anyone. Right. It it just, yeah. It's just like, he just like abuses everyone so unconsciously. Like he doesn't, doesn't, yeah, he's been doing it because he's he's been doing it for so long. He's so fucking privileged all the time. Right. He just, you know, I earned this. Yeah. That's that's his point of view. Like, of course I I worked with a guy. I worked with a guy who was a visual effects guy and uh, he sort of wanted to become a, a, a commercial director and I was like, you know, he, no, listen, he had, he's a really good eye, et cetera, et cetera. But he definitely was someone who was only interested in, 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 in sex with women. It was crazy. 
And then as he says, like, I, I want to be commercial director, and he was going to be – and the only reason he went to be director was – and I'm not kidding. It was all about the casting and the dating yeah. of the actresses. Yeah. It was – I was like, so it can't be that shallow. About. Oh, no, it is that shallow. Yep. Yeah. Nope. I want to meet a lot of actresses and audition them and then hire the hottest ones that I like, right. and then I can go on on a date with them after I'm done shooting the commercial with them. And, yeah, it was it, insane. Right. And so, like, this is another angle where I think that uh, Sidney Pollack, like, Sidney Pollack in sculpting uh, Dabney Coleman's character and working with him on that, like, Sidney Pollack clearly knows that that is 30% of the people that direct movies. Like, yeah. You know, he's just like, yeah, this is the fucking, this is the game. This is how these fucking yeah, jerks those work. those guys are still around. I mean, we yep. know, I mean, Hold now, up. granted, there was a huge Me Too movement that eradicated a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, which was great. Because thank you. Not yeah. not only did that was a horrible and toxic, but it also we could focus on making yeah, good do, movies, doing, <laughs> doing good work. Yeah, because like like as as an absolutely ancillary dividend of Me Too is like that not only made um, things better for women in the workplace, it made yeah. the workplace itself better for everybody. Like, yeah, this is we like, can because, actually like, communicate dealing properly with these and not feel assholes. awkward. Yes, exactly. Like dealing with these assholes is so fucking common. It's, it's and just, it's it's just it's yeah, brutal. and it also is draining on your personality, yeah. everyone's personality, but especially women. It makes it makes it makes the work harder horrible. for everyone, and uh, and even from like the extremely privileged, minimized version that it, that the, the the problems that we've all dealt with. It's just like no one should have to deal with any of this. It, at any level and now yeah. it's it's been called out quite a bit which is very very good but like Ugh. this is like the, you see like the daphne coleman character like we know that guy oh <laughs> like, i know many many of guy. them yeah and I and the funny are. thing is is that his character seems like such a ridiculous over-the-top stereotype there is it no is not. way yes absolutely it is it like that is that it, that is played down from the way it really is like he's playing it for laughs because this is a comedy. Yeah, and he's it's definitely getting funny. laughs out of it because he's very funny at that character, yeah. even though right. he's a horrible character. You are laughing right. about it, especially yeah. when he's confronted by Dorothy and she's oh, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, not to jump to the end of the movie, but when, when he says, I knew there was a reason she didn't like me. <laughs> like, talk about understanding a character thoroughly, man. That is right, right. Insane. She must be a lesbian. Realize, though, yeah. probably, <laughs> it can't be that I'm a douchebag. It can't be that I'm a horrible person. She must be a lesbian. Ah. Oh my god. Yeah. No. It's it's phenomenal. So yeah. Sorry, like, what it gets up, Eric? No. It's like you you gotta realize like when I first started out at film like the ninety one, I was driving a truck for commercial directors like Joe Pitka, Tony. Oh K, God. Yeah. And uh, you know, working at a Silver Cup in just driving the camera truck or doing all props of going and picking up couches and everything, come back to set, working crazy hours. Um, and uh, one guy who director wrote a, uh, a letter for me on, cause I, I, I'm not checking my resume, but I did a movie that went to Sundance. I did the costumes and sets and it went to Sundance. So that was a big thing. That what got me into NYU along with a letter from a director. I was working for Stan and, he wrote on my behalf as well. And I worked for him and I did private work for him. Like he had house in the Hamptons and stuff. So he, like, I think I told you a story. He, he needed a white shirt in his closet on 52nd in the East side. So I drove, I rented a car on 34th. I went to his house 
in his closet, got his favorite Calvin Klein lucky white shirt, and then I drove it to the Hamptons three and a half hours away and brought it to his house and then <laughs> drove back to the city. Like, but you know, I got four hundred dollars for it, nineteen ninety three. You know, and right. that helped me go. That's worth four hundred dollars. I'd do that for four hundred dollars. So I totally. <laughs> All I got to do is drive a like car. That. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> but I was doing stuff like that and going to grad school and working for Melvin. But the thing is, I know on shooting days because I did scouting with. But it, there's a reason for the discussion. He was making like forty five, fifty thousand a day shoot days and twenty five thousand yeah. pre pro days. So in that time, those guys like the Davy Coleman's, they were getting paid. It's different now. Yeah. I mean, Tony K, Pitka, those guys were making fifty, sixty. Elgort, I worked for, six fifty five thousand dollars for shooting a day. Yep. If it, yeah. So if it was a Cam A commercial for four days of shooting, but we did one week of pre pro, that's twenty five thousand a day for pre pro, and each shooting day was fifty five thousand. Jesus. Yeah. Was, <laughs> so the arrogance was oh it's extraordinary super high. it's extraordinary i mean like, like, yeah, these 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 dudes think it that, had to be they had yeah. to maintain that throne yeah. and it's so different now but yeah, back then thankfully. working for those guys it was like that they were the big deals and uh henry sandbank i worked for who was like a pioneer a car guy and uh now well, it just was uh huge money so when I saw the Davy Coleman, I thought about all those times, like, you know, it wasn't far away that, you know, it was like less than 10 years later, but in the same kind of shooting environment with a different kind of, you mm -hmm. know, uh, producers, exec producers, and the scaling, climbing, climbing the, the ladder. And yeah. for 55,000 a day, I'd be a, a douche as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, like that's, it certainly attracts that kind of, uh, it like it attracts and reinforces. That's what that happens. You know, During and so time, like they, they and you know, Stan was amazing guy, mm -hmm. an amazing guy. Really liked him, and um, very kind. And uh, he was, uh, but you know, some of the other guys. I think I told you the the Pitka story where it's true, where a guy was so angry at him for screaming at him that it was on the 59th Street Bridge. Oh yeah, yeah, was, yeah. He was and, driving and he was really, him to set, right? To Silver Cup over the 59th, and God, I. I'm talking about it. like I used to have to like we got to get there before two thirty on the truck or in the van because you don't want to get caught in traffic on the 59th. It would be a nightmare. Well, this guy didn't time it well. It's true. I know the guy that was the production manager, and Pika started screaming at him because he needed to get the silver cup across the bridge in Long Island City, and he said "fuck you." And he went out. He left the car and threw the keys off the 59th Street Bridge and Damn. walked off the bridge. And so, <laughs> but that's. They talk to, to people horribly. Mm. Yeah. Like, like horribly. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the, I've heard did, a lot of Pitka. Sir. By the way, Pitka. I did all the Space Jam stuff with Pit, Pit, Pitka is uh, famously uh, was the model that was used for the bad person in Ghostbusters 2. That's funny. <laughs> was he really? Yeah. So if you look at Ghostbusters 2, the guys that's in the painting, that's yeah. uh, they he modeled him after Pitka. So like, he, he, like he's got to be an asshole. He's got that look. You know, look and think about what the way he looks and that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's really funny. Okay. Back to, but so Pitka is a good uh, uh, person to, to reference in this for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess my point was it was not a resume thing. It was more this, when you get that much money, because those guys were hot shots, TV directors, yeah. 
commercial directors, sure. 80s, oh, yeah. 70s, 80s, 90s. Your ego is ridiculous. It was your... big money. Yeah. And your just they not only could and, do and, and think about also how little work you had to do to get that money compared yeah. to being like a serious film director where you really yeah. had to think about the art and the craft. Right. You just make it was fucking all, Budweiser yeah, commercial. Yeah. Or no, like, but or... the magic of all those guys, because I worked with guys like when I first started and I worked, I did a lot of like get stuff for him. Like, let's go, go get me coffee. Right. Or this and that. But their magic was working the agency people. Yeah, they sure. could, I used to do oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with them all. Yeah. They could talk to agency people who, by the way, we're the most horrible human beings on earth. I can't they tell have, you some yeah, of the agencies. Changed. Some agencies <laughs> well, they're, stuff they're said to me. Super shallow. Said to me, yeah. said to me for just, and I remember once this one woman, I, I would go World Cafe because we were on 17th and 5th, and I would go up to 19th and 5th and World Cafe and get her cappuccino, go back, come back into the office, fourth floor. No, you know what? I need more phone. And I have to go downstairs Go cut the line at work. <laughs> I need more foam. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll get in line. And by that time, it's not as warm. So you got to do it all over again. Over again. Do it again. It's, but more it's foam. just like, really, really. Like, how much is one quarter inch more foam is going to fucking make in your. Like what, Dude, what is this? It was just on purpose. <laughs> but that's, but it, no, no, no. Yeah, that's all about. It's all about uh, the power trip, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember. I can make like, you do this. There, it is. there was a commercial I was working with, and there was an agency person, and he was like really want to play up the agency person asshole mm-hmm. thing, right? So he would be in the flame bay, and they were asking, you know, would you like to order for lunch? Now, remember, you're in the flame bay, and you're sitting there, and they sometimes hand you like this big thing of all the restaurants in local area that can order you lunch for whatever. And he orders a fucking lobster to be delivered to him. In the what, flame bay, and he's got up, the dude. freaking little bib and the little pincers. And you'll get a Toblerone and like it, my man. We're the, editing. And, and, it's like, <laughs> you, and then, and then he's like, you know, it takes forever to get there. And then he's like, oh shit, I got an appointment. He eats like, you know, a third or a quarter of a his lobster. He's like, can we wrap off. this up to go? And I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'll get the bus boy. Why, what's wrong with a roast beef sandwich and some yeah. chips, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> joke. And I'll end it on this. I literally remember, just remember, I was working and driving somebody uh, big in the business. And we were driving. I said, I'm going to cut through the Bronx. I know a way to go by Yankee Stadium. This, I told him to sit, you know, and then I'll get us on the FDR before traffic back to the office on 17th. No problem. No, you're going to take this. I was like, okay, can you trust me? I'm driving. <laughs> Eventually, they're like, you hate women. Is that why you're doing this? Screaming at me. You hate women. You just hate me as a person. You're not listening. I said, like, all right. So I took the route she wanted by Fleshy Meadows, and we were in traffic for like two hours. I was like, there you go. But I get back, and one of the production managers is like, do you hate women? I was like, no, I don't hate women. Yeah, I did. Like screaming at me in my ear in the car. Like, That's because, wild. <laughs> That's no a good joke. scene. And yeah. I still remember that person's name. I won't say it publicly. But well, go well. Going back to people that hate, don't women, hate women, uh, we should go to uh, back to Tootsie to Debbie uh, Coleman <laughs> to Debbie Coleman. <laughs> right. And so uh, one of the big relationships, obviously, Gina uh, uh, Davis, like you said, was one of her first roles, and she's one of the women uh, women on there. But the other star of the show is played by Jessica Lange, and he starts to befriend Jessica Lange. She is 
She's not a comedian in this thing. There's no comedy about her character. Nope. But you start to realize that she too is suffering from uh, the male oppression. Uh, Gina Davis does it in a much funnier way. Because yeah, she's, yeah, she's she's the the the, the lighter like, the lighter she's, version, right? Yeah, it's, 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 same, it's sort of a duplicate character, but she's like, what if this were a fun character instead of right? Being, uh, and I think that sort of alcoholic. helps diffuse the <laughs> Jessica Lange situation, yes. right? Yeah, very much. And so. and so he starts to become friends with Jessica Lange for the same reason. These two women start to empathize. Like, oh, great, we've got a strong woman on the acting side of things right. that is on our side and can manage this asshole director and this right. sleazeball actor who wants to kiss everyone with his binocular right. spray. Right. And so, um, he starts to befriend her, uh, in a lot of way. Uh, and, and they go to, uh, uh, he starts to hang out with her at her house. You turns out you start to learn more about her character. She is a single mom at the same time. She is being lectured by the nanny about her lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the, the nanny is a very strong, like, you know, Fra Brujo type character <laughs> right, right. who is, is like, you mean it to pass And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, she's always telling me how to raise my kid or whatever. And it's like, right. but, you know, I've been doing whatever. So this, her, the kid, by the way, is pretty young, like 18 months, not yeah. maybe well, two. It's a baby. Like, yeah, it's totally a yeah, baby. It's still a baby. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but as you mentioned earlier, uh, she is, she likes to hang out and talk to, uh, 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 what's his, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Michael Dorsey, but, uh, what's her name? Dorothy. 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 Why am I forgetting? I'm sorry. I'm just losing track here. All right. Talking to Dorothy. And as he's talking to Dorothy, she's, she's opening up to him, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And there's a great, great moment. Where you see Dustin Hoffman, like Dorothy's expression changes as Dustin Hoffman starts to genuinely starts to fall in love with her. Yes. Yeah. As, and there's a shot of just his face changing and he's starting to like, I think I'm in love with her genuinely as a person. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not in this, it's a very interesting sort of, you know, yeah, it's a moment of, when he's actually becoming a, a real person. Like right. it's not, it's like you're seeing the the Hoffman. That's why the get, kid is important. Yes, yeah, you because I mean, thinking of someone outside yourself, like you're saying, right? Yeah, and the thing is, because it is a, like it's a genius move to say like because Hoffman in the beginning is essentially uh, he is in the position like how can I say it like is uh, a cad? Well, he, he, in terms of being an actor, like the he is the privileged jerk version of what women actually have to do all the time in, in the setting he's in. Whereas like he is, uh, he has to put on people just expect him to put on a performance that they control. Right. And this is what all the women in the movie suffer from with Dabney Coleman. You know, it's just like, I have to put on a show for the, for the men here all the time, just so I can get my work done always. Right. Right. But and, but because and, they don't, re- she doesn't realize that he's a man. She can just be herself. She can actually be herself, right? Right. And so like, and and Hoffman is un- unconscious of this until he until he sees it in action, and he's like, oh my god, like this is the 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 connection I've actually been looking for is something that I've been denying myself with people because mm-hmm. I just treat like you know, he treats all the women in his life in the 
in a much nicer way than Dabney Coleman, but in the same sort of dismissive and selfish way. Well, definitely selfish. And you can tell the way he treats Terry Gar this way, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, constantly forgetting about their dates and everything else. But he does a little bit of Mrs. Dobfire situation going on where he (laughs) has to change clothes. And and because Terry, yeah, Terry, because the last thing, yeah, just said because of the comedy is like, he can't, he has to, in order to protect his friendship with Terry Gar, like he can't even let her know that he, he took the role, the role that, she, that she auditioned for because <laughs> it's like her. that would destroy her. Right. <laughs> that would absolutely destroy her and our friendship would be over. Uh, meanwhile, the only one who knows is Bill Murray. Uh, and he certainly can't let the studio know or the director know or anything. He has to keep well, Sidney Pollack knows too. Yeah. And Sidney Pollack knows. Right. And that's it. And, right. and Sidney Pollack, you know, as, as the movie starts to turn, like you have uh, uh, Dorothy becomes friends with and starts to fall for Jessica Lange. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an actual human relationship connection developing here. Jessica Lang is like, he reveals more about her stuff. Like, you know, I come from sort of like a, you know, like she's some like Midwestern style, semi, you know, conservative, but nice guy, dad, all upstate this New York, upstate, upstate New York. Right? New York. Yeah. yeah. And so like the, like you're getting a little bit of her background where she's like, you see why she has uh, reacted to, uh, male oppression the way that she has. Well, I think all, sorry, also you don't see the mother. So yeah, right. Maybe like the mother passed younger. The mother dies. Yes, the mother dies. Yeah. Right. So there's this thing where she's just surrounded by a father she loves. Yeah. But and she's just and she has to like adjust herself to him constantly. He's a well-meaning guy, but he is like of an old world, right? And he's just like you know this is the way it is. Men are like this and blah blah blah. And he just sort of makes these pronouncements all the time. Um. And so that story is starting to build. The success of the show is starting to go through the roof because Dorothy Michaels is a big character. Dorothy Michaels suddenly becomes a very, because of her character, becomes Mm -hmm. a very, very important person that she's like on the cover of Time Magazine or Life Magazine or whatever. Right. Because, uh, like, that, because the the women who are watching the show, like, they're, they're, they like the show because they care about the, you know, the, the, character relationships in the show but like to suddenly see it like it's totally out of place in any soap opera especially those female character in that time and and especially uh uh in the 80s uh soap operas were very popular with housewives yes exactly and so 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 that suddenly like empowers the women who've been trapped at home in that phenomenon this character becomes a phenomenon and so dustin hoffman's making a shitload of money right and the show is doing really well but now he cannot tell anybody who he who he is like he is locked right. into this position and so like from like uh like I was describing before it's just like all the women in the movie just going etc like there is their their actual self and then there's the performance that they are locked into with with everybody in their professional life like they right. can't be themselves without uh breaking that contract with the men who run the show right essentially and now Hoffman is yeah it's the power structure and now Hoffman is in exactly the same position where like he cannot admit his real self like he can't do this anymore why because of money because the the, yeah because like like even Sidney Pollock's like you can't fucking stop now we're making a million dollars like this is it this is the super hit uh, this is the biggest thing I got going I'm making you know 10 15 percent on this you know and so he doesn't want him to uh, and they're like, and Hoffman's like, you can kill Dorothy off anything. Just please. You know, he's desperate to get out of the situation in the same way that all because, of the women in the, in the film are desperate to right. not be in the situation. Do you think he's in. desperate to do that? Because he 
he figured something out and he's desperate to just start living the life he feels. He's good. in love with Jessica Lange. That's and right. He wants and he can't to be, able, be with Jessica Lange as Dorothy. Right. That's like right. He, like he, he wants, wants to, to get his life going because he yes. just learned his lesson. Yes. Right. He, like in, and, and, like in, in this brilliant structure is that he arrives at the realization and that realization isn't enough. Like just because now he understands doesn't mean that he suddenly is empowered to get out of it. Thing. You have Which to. Which is why yeah. he chases after her at the end and just Ray right. puts himself. Well, out let's, there's a there's a couple things. There's one one other interesting scene where he tries to learn about Jessica Lange through Dorothy to find out how she what kind of man she likes. So talk, talk about that scene and then tries to use that against her as yeah, a man. Yeah, she's like he's having this really per- like she's. Uh, they're having a really personal moment together. Like she's just, uh, she, I believe this is like, she breaks up with Dabney Coleman. She's going to break up with Dabney Coleman. She's like enough of this fucking shit. You know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need him. I don't need like, you really like, you really, right. Uh, Cause we should know that she was dating. She was Dabney. dating Dabney Coleman. Right. Right. And, uh, because this is like, because she's going to get the best out of this. If she, you know, if she has to put up with it. She's going to get the most out of it for her situation. Like it's it's cynical, but that's the way, you know, it's like, this is how the only chance she has to get ahead. Right. And so, uh, she, from getting to know Dorothy, she's like, you know what? Fuck this. This is stupid. You know, I have control over this. I'm going to act on it and I'm going to change that. I'm going to change, start changing my life. And all this opening up to Dustin Hoffman makes Dustin Hoffman want to open up back to her. Right. And this is where he is limited completely. Like, like, he, like he, she's like, oh yeah, come and join me. Like, come and hang out and meet my dad, you know? And so they end up going to uh, meet, meet her father, right? And stay. Well, I'm talking about the when he goes to the party. When he oh goes yeah, I'm sorry. The... Yes, yeah. Because she's, that's right. She, so she says, I just wish that, you know, a, 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 there would be a situation in which a guy could be honest with me about what he really wants and desires in his life. And you can just come up to me and say like, enough of this. Sorry, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, like enough of all this fucking play acting, all this bullshit, just be honest and say, I really find you attractive. I think you're an interesting person and I really want to just, I want to, I want to be with you and just be straightforward and say this. I wish she says, I wish that someone would actually be honest with me in this way. Right. Right. And then Michael Dorsey sees her at a party. Well, so he decides to become Michael Dorsey and go to the party. Go to the party. Right. She doesn't know who Michael Dorsey is. Right. No. And he tries to pretend like he's never met her. And he's just like, hey, well, you know, just like, why don't we just take off? It just says exactly the same thing back. To no, he her. says, I think you're really attractive and I want to like to make love to you. And I'd really what like he to says. make love to you. Yeah. And she fucking just tosses the drink in his face. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. <laughs> she can sense, like, it's a line. Like, she doesn't even remember because she was drunk. But, like, she doesn't even remember that this is what she asked for. Because right. it's, it's so transparently false. Like, and you get to admit this, this awesome scene is amazing. Because you suddenly go, oh, yeah, that's who he was at the beginning of the movie. Like, and it's so fucking, you're just like, you sad asshole. Like, yep. look, look at this. Like, and you he's have got to do the hard work. And he's really... got to do the hard work, man. That's yeah. that. So, yeah. yes, it leads to 
Go ahead. It leads to, so, so she, you know, she says, how, you know, I'm going to visit my dad uh, in upstate New York for the weekend. You should come with us with the baby, et cetera, and hang out for the weekend. Right. Which, you know, has its, uh, obviously it's comedic Risks. sense where there's like, oh, there's just one bed that I know you two girls would be. So he's got to sleep in, in the same bed as her. So that's awkward, et cetera, et cetera. But the other awkward part is that the father is looking at an opportunity to hit on Dorothy because he's attracted he to Dorothy. Right. Right. Because Dorothy is actually kind of old school. She is kind of old school and, and, and old fashioned. He likes the fire. Right. Oh my God. She's so good. And the, and the, uh, the, uh, the father is played by Charles, Charles Durning. Durning, an amazingly good actor, really good actor. And he's been in a bunch of yeah. stuff. He was fantastic. That guy. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's actually a really good comedian as well. Yeah. yeah. He's, he has a, he has a very tricky role in this movie because mm-hmm. he is, and this is something that when we say that we can't, you couldn't make movies like this today. Like I can't imagine a movie today having a character like this not played as a villain. Like huh. he is a, he is a, he is a gentle, well-meaning. I think that's the whole point. Like sexist old school. Well, old, old, like, yeah, he's, well, this a, is like, he's just well, and I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a changing the, world. Yeah, it's like this is the like he is when I say sexist, I mean like the effect of what he is saying is sexist. He doesn't mean to be sexist. He loves his daughter. He thinks very highly of her, all this stuff. But it's this gray area where you're like, This this is the tradition this guy was in, and this is like how limited his world is. And like you so you to present this guy as like like likable and charming and lovable and flawed and he hasn't learned and, you know, even though his uh, daughter is an amazing success, he still treats her like a little girl. You know, like he's like, he, he's this, he's a person that you want to have change. Like he's still in retrograde mode and they treat him with enough uh, sort of uh, empathy that you hope that he sort of makes it through the shock that will inevitably happen to him. Right. You know, and because he's in love with Dorothy. Dorothy is a reflection of old time values, you know, all this stuff that he believes in. So right. He but he doesn't, what I think is interesting is uh, he doesn't push himself onto her. Nope. He just charm, tries to charm her he tries and to charm flirt, her. tries to charm her. Right. But of course, Dorothy is like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Like this is not going to work out my man. Sorry. <laughs> right. You know, and, but but he goes he he goes as far as does he propose to her? He proposes to her. Right? He ultimately yes, yes. proposes to her. He ultimately like, proposes when everything to her. is finally going wrong, like he he proposes to her, and she is like she doesn't know what to do at all. She's like, he was like right. don't say anything now, just think about it. And this is when this is when Hoffman's like, I have to get all, get out of this. I have to get out of this because yeah, like it's gone too far. Because <laughs> as, as like Dorothy really likes Charles Durning. Like Dorothy, Dorothy's not lying to Charles Darner or leading him on. Right. At the end, he says that what persuades her is that he's like, yeah, we play pool, your father and I. Yeah. It's right. Like the, at like the I end, really like that guy. She's well, like, I don't want anything to do with you. And then he's like, look, it's almost like he mended with her father. Yeah. Right. But let's yeah. figure it out. That, 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 that's that's yeah. after, after the, the reveal. So we but have to get to the reveal. Right. So right. like so, everything so, is going horribly wrong now. Horribly wrong. So he's, he realizes like he has to find a way to get out of this role and how to make it happen. So one thing that's happened that we've learned about along the way is that um, 
the shows are the, the the time between recording of the show, the taping of the show, because they did it on tape back then, and the airing of the show is very short, and sometimes so short that they have to do certain scenes live. Uh, to be able to get it out on time. Because right, someone right. wrecked the sound. You know, someone stole- so one would wreck yeah. the sound or yeah. one of the tapes got messed right. up and it's right. usually some guy you know, spilled coffee on the tape or whatever. And, and previously set up is that the old drunk Lech uh, yeah. has terrible time doing anything live. Anything like he live. Is, he is he, terrified he, of this. He doesn't know any of his lines. He's always reading the cue cards as opposed to reading lines. And so Dorothy does this thing the other thing that's also established which is also established from the very beginning from uh michael dorsey is that he improvs when he thinks that that's what the character should be saying as opposed to what's Mm -hmm. written constantly and he's great at improving great at improving and so they the 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 executive producer woman kind of loves the improv because that empowered the character but it it, it leads to some of the breakthrough moments on the show because like when the old lady leans in to kiss her like she slaps him in the face and says, "Don't you dare do that!" Like and and right. it's totally off script. But right, the producer's like, and he's Let's keep so it. like, huh? Yeah, right. exactly. I was supposed to kiss Still, her. His voice, yeah. when he gets and, angry, and, is so brilliant. And also, yeah. we have to we like we have to throw in just a touch of the old the old drunk lech, right? Yeah. Uh, also wants. Dorothy, like he he falls oh, for yeah, Dorothy also. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And well, especially because she becomes so unattainable. Yeah, he's like like he's like I'm after this unattainable perfect woman, right? And right. so he <laughs> follows Dorothy back home, and Hoffman is like already like you know like he's getting ready to you know, take off Dorothy's the makeup outfit, and the wig right? and all. That. Yeah, uh, and suddenly the dude is outside. Like singing to singing to her to try to like right. you know da, 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 to try to get her to open the window and she's like what the fuck are you doing come on up here <laughs> like oh my god get out of the street this is gonna kill me right? right and as soon as the dude's in it in her apartment he's chasing her around like he's just trying to like he's a masher like he's just like just right. you know we will well it's trying to kiss her and all this stuff and then Bill Murray comes home and is like what's going on here and then right. the old drunk Letch is like oh. I didn't know that you had a man in your life. I'm so sorry. Right. And excuses himself. Nothing happened. Nothing happened, Bill Murray. Nothing happened. And he's like, right. well, okay. You know, and plays that dude leaves. And I'm like, Dustin Hoffman's like, I have to get out of this. Right. <laughs> like this, like this dude is trying to, like this dude's trying to mack on me. We have Charles Durning proposes to him and he tells, he tells, uh, uh, Sidney Pollack, like, please get me out of this. So everything is so wrong. Uh, Charles Durning proposed to me, and my favorite line in comedy history is when Sidney Pollack is so enraptured by the tale of like Charles Durning proposing to him that he goes, "What did you say?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's purely hysterical because he's like he's as he's as wrapped up in the in the in the romance. Of it's it a soap opera been... that he's well, like, it's a soap it's opera, a, right? It's a soap opera. He's just like it's a soap like, opera. Oh, what did you say? Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, and so everybody is like everybody's either falling for Dorothy, like everyone, like everyone right. in the world loves Dorothy. The two guys are like want to either marry Dorothy or Mac on right. Dorothy. And so Hoffman's like the only way out, I know the only way out of this and it pre- presents itself. When the sound is wrecked and they have to go live for this, but they did, he does the, the, before that one. There's another great little scene with uh, with the old Lech guy who, who, as we mentioned, never 
like he, he always has to read the cue cards, right? <laughs> so whenever he's talking to someone, he's looking off screen, he's reading the cue cards, he's never looking at it. And she gets really upset and again, improv and says, why are you looking over there? I'm right over here and like turns his head so he can't. And he's like, his lines are over there. And it's so funny. It's so fucking funny. It's mad. This movie is maddeningly funny. Like just as, just as the mechanics of comedy. And also I got to compliment Sidney Pollack on this as well. Like as 80s looking as the photography is, he knows how to shoot a comedy incredibly well. It's all these big, wide shots, very stagey, staged shots where the actors really get to play out all the physical gags without any cuts. Like there's so many right. nice, big, wide open shots where they just let it happen. The editing is still very, very tight, but they don't like interrupt the joke to cut. No. And like, no, because no. he lets that play, it's like, it's like if you were watching like a good Kung Fu movie, like don't edit too much. Cause you want to see the guy do the thing. You know, and like when you have scenes like when uh, when he's here, like uh, Michael Dorsey ends up uh, sleeping with Terry Gar and out of a basically out of out of a misunderstanding, like he has to he sleeps through to get out of a out of a bad scene. But now they're dating and he's like blowing oh, her off like to uh, yeah, like and he's treating her like te- he's treating her terribly because he can't tell her that she is that she is Dorothy. And mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she finally comes to confront him at the house, uh, and say like, "What the fuck is going on?" And he's scrambling to make up any kind of bullshit excuse that's going to work. Like, no, 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 it's nothing. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. Uh, because he, she saw a woman go into his apartment building, up to his apartment, and she's yeah. like, "You gotta tell me if you're fucking cheating on me right now." Right, right, but it was actually him. But it's actually Dorothy, right? Right. And, uh, and he says, no, 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 I was, I'm just going to make it up to you. I'm so sorry. I even got you these uh, chocolate-covered cherries, which are... What the uh, guy gave him. Which are Charles, Charles Durning gave to Dorothy. Right. Right. And she's like, okay. And I start to start. accept the apology, takes the chocolate-covered cherries, and then sees there's a note. And she right. starts to read the note, and he's like, oh, no, no, don't read the note. Oh, my God, I was so mad when I read that. And, he, and she opens the note and says, oh, thank you for a lovely night by the fire, missing you less. Ah. <laughs> and she, like, and her rant, when she discovers this, like, these aren't even my cherries. These are some other girl's cherries. <laughs> it's, it's, un, it's like, this is the absolute high point. Oh, Terry, Terry Gar is totally the person to do that. It's she like was... the funniest oh, thing I've great. ever seen her do. She's one of the greatest comedians of all time. And when she's just like, 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 are these real? And, and also another line that is both a hilarious line, perfectly delivered, and reinforces the theme of the movie is that she's about to storm out and she goes, <laughs> takes the chocolate covered cherries and goes, are these real chocolate covered cherries? <laughs> <laughs> Good he's like, What's the chase? <laughs> and then he's like, I think so. <laughs> Wham! Slams. I'm just gonna have to feel like this until I don't feel like this anymore. I, I get so, it's it's it makes me cry laughing. That performance is so out of this world, and that's not even the funniest thing in this movie. Because the funniest thing in this movie is when the sound breaks and they have to do things live. They have and to do like, things live. The, the the showstopper ending of this movie is just outrageous, outrageous. Right. So the scene they have there's a, they'd have to do one scene live, and the scene live is at a big gala of some kind, right? 
something like that. Right. And they have to talk about something. And uh, Dorothy appears. It's a congratulations to Dorothy. Congratulations to Dorothy. Right. Right. So at top of the staircase and she's going to make the grand entrance down the staircase and she starts thanking everybody, thanking everybody. She's basically this and it stops. And I guess, you know, Michael sees the window to stop this insanity. Yes. (laughs) And, and, uh, and and so it's like, it starts breaking from the breaking from the script and they're like, Oh shit. Oh, she's doing it again. Where's this going to go? This is live, (laughs) of course. And it's live. And so they're like, okay, get all the cameras ready. Cause we don't know where the hell this is happening. Right. 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 So like Dabney Coleman's trying to direct it, but he has no idea what the fuck is going on. He's like, camera one, go And so starts, she starts going onto this massive, very, very, hilarious soap opera rant about twin brothers and random weird stuff she's like uh, the the sum up uh, is like uh that tells the story of this guy who um was really good to like um, a key member of this hospital but then he died of a disfiguring disease or that his sister died of a disfiguring disease Disease and so he's really come back there's this dude has really come back to um, uh, avenge the death of his sister because she was treated so wrongly by this hospital. And then she's like, because I'm not, uh, uh, hang on. I got, this is so fucking good. I don't want to, I, I need to just say this. All right. Uh, the, the quote is here. It is. Uh, <laughs> hang on. I'm scrolling through the impossible IMDB, which has absolutely no organization. And it's absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's a. Uh, oh God, I hate this fucking thing so much. Hang on one second. Then he says, "Sorry, oh my God, IMDb, you're letting me down so hard. Where are you? I would do anything to replace IMDb with something that resembled the website. Okay, here we go. Finally on the right page. More quotes. No, it's not here. Okay." Sorry, everybody. One second. This is too good to miss. All right. Uh, It's it's there. It's 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 the first one. Yeah, it keeps on throwing me to the wrong page. Okay. For some reason, I'm not sure why. Okay, so (laughs) it says, uh, uh, talking about. The woman she moved after she uh, contracted a disfiguring disease after moving to Tangiers, where she she raised the the little girl as her own sister. But her one ambition in her in life, besides the child's happiness, was to become a nurse. So she returned to the states and joined the staff right here at Southwest General. When she worked here, she knew she had to speak out wherever she saw injustice and inhumanity. And you do understand that, don't you, Doctor Brewster, the old lech? And he says, oh, I never laid a hand on her. I never laid a hand on her. And she says, yes, you did. And she was shunned by all you nurses, too, uh, like a pariah. And here it is. Because, for I am not Emily Kimberly, removes her glasses, the daughter of Dwayne and Alma Kimberly. No, I'm not. I'm Edward Kimberly, the reckless brother of my sister, Anthony. (laughs) <laughs> and starts to wipe off the makeup. <laughs> I'm Edward told, Kimberly. Yeah. 
<laughs> and like it cuts around to every single character that's been set like, up for the entire huh? movie, all seeing this at the same time. And the shock on Yeah, because it's face. live, so people are watching it on TV. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like every cut is funnier than the last. Yeah. Because you're cutting first you're cutting around and to like the best Davis is Bill Murray. Like, what the fuck? That is one netty hospital. One nutty hospital. <laughs> it cuts to it cuts to uh, Terry Gar, and she just goes. Like cuts all around the cast, cuts to Dabney Coleman. He says, "I knew there was a reason she didn't like me." And then it, <laughs> it finally cuts to Jessica Lang, and she's the only one not laughing. And she walks up and punches him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it is that is one of the all time. All time, because she trusted him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it, it's like the height of comedy, and then it lands it in the in the betrayal that she has felt. Right, it's per- You can't get better than that. Can't get better. But obviously, at this point, he's you know, his life is not exactly right. Like the he can't. I don't know if they can keep going on that. Anyway, he doesn't. He's not still Dorothy at this point. Yeah, he is like yeah, like it's. Like, it turns out that this is great for the show. He can get any work he wants. It's right. terrific. But nobody wants to fucking talk to him ever again, especially not Jessica Lang. Right. And he goes to Jessica Lang. From the show. From the show. Just like, to clarify, uh, yeah. Yeah. He goes to Jessica Lang's dad. Uh, in and upstate him, New York. In upstate New bar. York. And meets him at the bar. And can I buy you a beer? Which is, buy- you know, which to his dad is very strange because she, it's not him. Yeah, he was it's envisioning Michael Dorsey. Him. Yeah, Michael Dorsey's kind of. He was envisioning a, you know, he like this is the the sweet old fashioned woman that I was yeah. in love with, but turns out it's not. It's just a guy. <laughs> yeah, and so and like he's and this is this is the be- this is the beautiful sort of gentleness of this movie, right? Yeah, is like they don't make fun of Charles Durning in this. Scene, no, right? It's like because Charles Durning is a conservative guy, old school, you know, all these. Uh, ideals that have passed, uh, you know, that time has passed by. And like, he's not the kind of guy that's going to take kindly to the idea of he's fallen in love with a dude. Like, this is like, he is like, it's messed him up. But instead of him doubling down on being homophobic or anything like this, he just, he's just angry that he was betrayed. Like, he's just like, I, I, I was lied to. I had real feelings and I was lied to. Right. Yeah. And that the truth is you're a pretty good company, you know, and I'm just, you're just like, damn, it's like, they, they could have, if this were made, made today, they'd be like, ha ha homophobe and like make fun of the, make fun of this poor generational. Yeah. yeah. And then instead they're just like, this is actually sad, you know, because these guys actually, they, they love lonely. each other. They're lonely guys. They became real friends. It's just mm-hmm. that because it was based on uh, hiding something. Pretense. Yeah, it's like yeah. because it's based on Dustin Hoffman hiding who he really is, uh, then it's uh, they have to rebuild this all now, you know? Right. And, and so, like, it's a, it's a sort of sweet and sad scene where they reconcile a friendship out of a betrayal, which is very nice, you know, which is very. And, and so Charles Durning sort of advances a little tiny bit, you know, and this is before Jessica Lange. Uh, even talks to him, and mm-hmm. now so she's he's not doing it for her. He's doing it because he actually cares for the guy, you know. And uh, and then he finally uh, uh, Michael meets uh, Jessica Lang outside of the show, 
Um, and uh, she's like, she is definitely in, not happy. Yeah, she's like, fuck off, Michael. <laughs> you know, like I don't have time for this. And right. he barely, barely, barely digs himself out of the hole enough for them to be friendly. Like, doesn't that end up with them like hooking up or together or even no, like? It's, it's you know, not a. There's not a when Harry met Sally moment in this. Yeah. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just that they become friends. Well, they become friends. That's yes. the exact thing, right? Yeah. So they they their relationship stays the same, but it's more honest because now yeah. he's a man as right. opposed to pretending to be a woman. Yeah, and so like this is this is what I mean. So he has to prove this is the thing that he has to do. He has to prove that he can main, be prove that he's the same person that, yeah. even if he is a man. Because they, and this is what I meant. But he the, does which he, that the final line that he says is so. The point, it's really a beautiful line where it's like, I was a better man. Um, let me get that, guys. I'll look for it. But he, at the end, he, he basically said, uh, he, Yeah, I was, a, I was a better man. Man with you as a woman than I ever was with a woman as a man. As a man. Right. And it's a, it's a brilliant line. It's a beautiful line. And the thing is, like, really this well is like this is like what I said at the beginning. It's just like this isn't about, you know, like, uh, you know, isn't it funny that Hoffman wears a dress in this movie? Like, it's about this dude really discovering his who he really is, and who he really is is Dorothy Michaels. Like, like, like he's not trans, but he's like it's the same sort of. Re- it's like I must be myself, and like the and today you could like. They wouldn't have done it back then, but today you could just, you could end the movie with him saying, I'm actually Dorothy Michaels and it would be just as viable because that's who he really is. Like, when, yeah. like, in fact, like if there's any sort of like flaw in the movie is that at the end in that scene with Lang, I'm just like, I still kind of fucking hate Michael Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> like Michael Dorsey is, I still have bad memories of that guy. Well, sure. You know? Sure, sure, sure. But, but Dorothy is very much the real character. Like that's the real person to me when I think about it. You know, you know it's interesting. The there's a there's a line here that basically Michael Hoffman, oh, Michael Hoffman, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, uh, uh, claimed that you know was first playing Tootsie for his time. He went home and he burst into tears and confessed to his wife. He never realized uh, the the sexist uh, perceptions that he had on women himself, right from from playing a woman. But I do remember it was interesting when I was many many years ago at uh, at at DD when I would go to the their Halloween parties back in the old old school DD huge Halloween parties would have they were massive, and I decided to go in drag to the party right sure. and I just, right. I I went as hard drag as I I could sure. right because uh, I'd never done it I thought it'd be fun, and I was clearly not a woman it's clearly a man in drag right, but I had you know I'm six three and have long legs. And I look pretty good as a woman. Sure. But I was hit on and spanked oh, yeah. by men. Yeah, no doubt, man. Absolutely. What? And they knew it was a guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, like, this. That, Strangers. Never heard that? Yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. And, like, this, it's just, and it's just like, that's the common atmosphere. And when everybody does it, doesn't seem Yeah, like no, it. no, that's fine. Because you're, you're, you're a woman now, so I can do this to you. Yeah. And it's kind of funny that like what they're really doing is they're making fun of the fact that that's com- that this is common, and it's not funny that it's common. It fucking sucks that it's common. Yeah, yeah. And like that's the like that's that's the thing that the, I mean like this is like the movie is fucking forty something years old. Is it really? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and so like 83. So that's exactly 40 years old. Yeah. And so like th this movie is 40 years old. And so like, you know, this, this is the kind of movie and there's other movies that you can go back further, even further back. Um, and when people say like, oh, well, you know, they, they find something like they find a genuinely racist or sexist something happening in a movie and people just go, well, you know, it's just the time period really like, well, no, because people knew what racism was then also yeah. <laughs> like people knew yeah. what sexism was like it's not like it's, it's some oh my gosh we didn't even realize it's just rather that it was so so common that we just deprioritize it what like, was that that's, that's the end of it i hate to use the thing but it was like what was the line in uh don't look up and i had uh what's his name the guy who plays oh god the guy who plays uh 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 um hellboy Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, um, uh, I think it was that, but I help. Come boy. on, guys. Anyway, that guy, uh, Ron, 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 Ron Perlman, Perlman, Perlman. Yeah. Uh, but he was, you know, he's supposed to play the the the, the old guy from, and he's in the he's the he's the, uh, the astronaut, and he's saying all kinds of very inappropriate things as he's going, yeah. and they're all right. like, well, you know, different generation, like that's their excuse, different generation. <laughs> No, I promise you, people knew what the fuck that was back then. Also, it's just yeah. that we like, like everybody, every when everybody is doing a thing, it makes it way easier to blow it off. You may know it's bad. Well, but at the same time, it just, becomes becomes like, it just still happens. Like it's weird, right? So, like, like in it, it, to use a different tone, right? There was like my mom lived, you know, lived in a small town in Connecticut, right? And they're all they're all old people there. Like the, seriously, the average age is like seventy years old. I don't know. It's super. And so she's like, "Well, this person, you know, this person is a friend of mine. He's great. You know, he's gay." I was like, "Okay." And goes, and it's 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 totally accepted. Did she say it in you know, italics and, like that? <laughs> almost. And she gay. said, "And you know, it, it's they they totally accepted." And I was like, "Well." It's I hope 2020. So. I hope it is. <laughs> Holy shit, really? <laughs> it's totally except don't worry, everyone's fine with it. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. And I don't you know, it's not that she but she like had to bring that up somehow, yeah, exactly. you know? Like it's And it was very very strange. Uh, like yeah. and then and there was some other situation where there was a guy who was uh masseuse and he's like he's black. And oh I was like gosh, yeah, oh right. my god. And he's like he's you know, it's great. Yeah. You know? It's like that he's black. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't understand. But like this, I, this is the thing. I mean, like uh, and, and, not like, necessarily. I'm not saying my mother's homophobic yeah, no, or, like, or racist, like, but I'm just I, saying she needs to remark on yeah. differences of people, whether what, like, gay what, or black. Yeah, like what, what she is really, what she's really saying is like, you know, she's like, surrounded by so many white people. Yeah, it's, I mean, this this is not like uh, uh, to give absolute credit to your mom and anybody else and sure. to, to, to me because i've said stupid fucking shit all like all, all the time all the time i'm not exempt from any of this i've no nope. exactly the same dumbass stuff and you're so, right like, you the, have said stupid stuff all yeah of course <laughs> like of course and everyone like everyone i know has to some extent and this is this is the way of things but like when you are in a particular bubble and no yes. one calls you on it right like, then it's a novelty when you're being when you're making the right choice, like, yes. like th this is just how it works. Like, you know, like good, good friends will, if you're being an asshole, good friends means they'll be like, you're kind of being an asshole. You may not have noticed. And you mm -hmm. go, Oh shit. But at no point should you be like, you know what? Everybody, 
I'm not an asshole. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Right. You're not racist today. Yeah. Well, amazing. it's like the line from Seinfeld. He's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I never said anything. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's like, I, I encourage, I encourage everyone to say like, yeah, look at the Charles Durning character. Say like, Charles Durning doesn't mean to be a fucking jerk. Now, like, but he is, he, he is unintentionally hurtful to even to his own daughter. Like he would never want to be, you know? Right. And so like, having that straightened out is actually a good thing, you know, and having that figured out for him. And so like the, uh, it's like, I always say, like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, like, um, people will post online, you know, like, uh, you know, sometimes you shouldn't be a friend to your kids. And I think what they mean by this is like, you shouldn't let your kids get away with, like get away with stuff, you know, when they do something wrong. And I'm like, do you do that with your friends? Like if your friend, if your friends are real fucking assholes, do you just go, well, they're my buddies. So I guess it's okay. Like I'm like, that. Uh, try well, not to do I that. think what they mean by that <laughs> is that, that what they mean by that is if you're a friend, they're, they're, they have to, they should sense, I think the feeling, I don't necessarily always agree with this, but they said the feeling is that if you're always a friend, they're never, they're going to feel like they can get away with stuff. Well, that's right. Because, like, because you're being a friend. Is, this is what I, I mean. understand I that, hope. but, I would hope that my friends don't never like never think I'm giving them a pass. Like <laughs> I would hope that they're never giving me a pass. Right. You know, like, but I think if they see you as a, but, but, uh, but they, they're saying they should see you as a, as a, as, a, as an authority. Right. And you never see your friends as an authority. Yeah. Well, the, I guess like authority. Right. Authority so, so no, you, would you, the, would you behave yourself issue. in front of your boss? You don't necessarily treat your boss well, like, yeah, sure. like, that's, like let's that's do stupid things together. Like the, the, uh, the idea of just like, I like if, if someone like, if someone is hurtful and they're a friend of mine and they're hurtful, I will say like, yo, yes, dude, that was, but you also, as your friends, you also do, you also instigate each other into doing stupid things together. This is what I'm saying. Like, that's the thing that, can be but, more but important. friends friends are not going to be your voice of reason all the time and that's yeah, okay it's well it's a it's a bubble and everyone should be aware that they live everybody right. lives in little bubbles all the so time. so you always have to sort of push the point where you become a little bit of a sense of authority yes, exactly well, like right you have, like you have to like like you have to like the charles Durning character like you can like if you're empathic about stuff you can point things out to people caringly and they will point things out to you caringly. Right. Like, that's the appropriate way to do stuff as opposed to, Oh, here's an opportunity to make you a villain and me the hero, which is right. far more com common today. You but know? there's another thing as well. That's, in, it's in, you know, and this is actually interesting specifically related to this podcast, right? The way that the three of us talk to each other, we make fun of each other often. Sure. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't and, make fun of you. <laughs> yes, you do. But uh but just fine. But uh the thing that you know, for example, when my kids hear some of the conversations it's like, wow, you guys are really mean to each other. It's like, oh, well, no, we've no, known Chris each other mean, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Really Intention means a lot. And so they don't sort of know that context, right? right. Because they they haven't had a relationship that's built on twenty plus years of friendship, right? So yeah. so they don't know what that's about and how that that trust so they're like to them saying something like that to a friend and if they do say it as a kid it comes off completely different than what you and i would yeah, say of course to each other yeah. right right so yeah. um, I mean, that, so that's, that's that's just about trust and context you know, that's, right yeah. so that's 
So I can't, you know, I sometimes do that where I accidentally sort of yeah. joke around with my kids and say things to them that are teasing them. Yeah, exactly. probably you shouldn't mean, be doing. Right. Well, I mean, like, you don't mean to hurt it. Like you're never there to hurt anybody's feelings. And I'm not, like, right. I'm, I'm like, I'm always of this opinion, like the, like virtually nobody that you meet ever intends to be hurtful to someone else. Like, sure. unless they're, unless they're angry, but they're not, they're not intending to be casually hurtful. Like they may be being very hurtful, you know, but that is likely because they're in a context that prevents them from, uh, taking that seriously or noticing their own actions, you know, like that's just how it works. And so like finding a way to empathically, uh, communicate that to them is the responsible thing to do as opposed to, uh, just saying that they're a villain. And, right. uh, and what I love about Tootsie is that even with the most villainous characters like Dabney Coleman, Dabney Coleman is still treated with a, a, a modicum of empathy. Like you can see why he is the way he is. It's not acceptable, but it's explainable. You know, you yeah. Like, and it comes in the form of him being, um, not knowing what's going on. Like what camera help, help. What yeah. Camera? He's confused. And a woman has to help. Yeah. The, the executive producer. Yeah. She gets, she gets, she sees what's happening and she puts it under, she gets it under control and he is absolutely at sea. Right. That's a, that's a great point. Eric. And like, and so like, I think that that's the, the, the greatness of this movie is not only is that like incredibly tightly written and very sort of, uh, thoughtful about what it's trying to say. And, uh, all the actors are incredibly, um, a sort of, uh, interactive in making a great performance, but like the, the attitude of the movie is that this is about caring for one another. Like that's the point of the movie and being, sure. and being, being ourselves and being real with each other and respecting that is tremendous. Like that's, that, that is what heals everybody in the end of the movie is be actually being themselves and being truthful. And so like the, like that kind of stuff to me is an extremely, um, like it's an extremely modern thing. And that I think that people today would agree with this, you know, like you might watch the movie and go, well, yeah, it's clearly an eighties movie. And like, like this may not be a movie that you would try to make today, but this is absolutely from its heart, a, like a, uh, an honest movie about really understanding yourself and giving that to the world rather than trying to put on, uh, a performance. And, mm. uh, and I think it's a, uh, it like, so it's, it's beyond a sort of like, um, a gender swap comedy or any of this stuff that litter the eighties. Like it's an actual valuable thing to say even beyond that. And, uh, and every time I see it, it's, it's really like, it ends up being very moving to me in really unexpected places. It's such a well thought through and well detailed movie emotionally. It's really stunning. I do agree with you in terms of what the, the, the story is. And I think it's very powerful. And we mentioned in the, in, uh, along the way, many, many movies that have done this gender swap thing, right? Obviously you have uh, some like at hot, you have Mrs. Dobfire and even yeah. stupid things like hot chicks and whatever else yes. you want to put out there. Lazy. Right. Lazy filmmaking yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it's all the same thing. This one was definitely very different. And if you're going to do it right, this one does it best. Mm hmm. This is definitely one of the best ones. Um, I Just don't know if. Oh, good. Sorry. Good. I don't know if it's like I was a little bit surprised how I was like, mm. mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, 
So to me, it was a little surprising that I was like, I, this was not as, it, it, the, in some ways it was very, very, very good and it was really exciting, but in some ways it didn't have the strong impact that it was. Cause I think it was specifically a lot of the, the, the tropes of the eighties that were big in the eighties, like sure. the single mom thing and the, this yeah. thing, that, that, you know, that stuff made that. Me, yeah, like you're going to disconnect from that stuff cause it's not relevant. And so suddenly way. it felt, right. it felt very dated, yeah. not just in the music, et cetera, but a little bit the genre. Now the execution and the actual story under, underneath it, I agree with you. It was, I think it was very, very good, but there was part of me. It was like, okay. Yeah. Like so it's, it's, it's very much a time capsule movie in many ways. And, and there's, there's broad things that people are going to like, why, why is this even, a, why is this a thing? Like, why is this a stress? Right. You know? And, uh, and that they, that may diffuse some of the energy for, for folks that, you know, didn't, that weren't exposed to any of that stuff. And I, I think I, you know, I, I'm with you a little bit, like, you know, like thinking about what are, what are the time capsules that are, that are being developed today. And ironically, the time capsule is nostalgia for the eighties. Yeah, no, it's exactly, exactly true. Like, yeah. They, you know, like the stranger things effect is like, come on. Yeah. It's brutal. Dude. It's brutal. Like, I, like just what, how, how are you going to have nostalgia for this time when all of it is nostalgia for a previous time? Uh, that's yeah. Which is a part of my strange thing yeah. is just pop. Nostalgia. Yeah, it's, it's not, true. Not, it's all based in like kind of visions of the good kind of cool stuff of the 80s in the movie stuff. So yeah, it's, it's but they want to make them, they want to make them nostalgia. It's not real nostalgia. Well, that, yeah. but, but it's here's the irony. First of all, it was not pop back. What they're being nostalgic about is not, not what yeah, was, was popular though. in the 80s. <laughs> some, right, of that exactly. music, some of that music was pop. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. If they're playing REM, then eh, okay, it's not. Uh, but well, some of that stuff in the in the kind of LED lights and the cars and the sure. you know Gary Newman esque kind of stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> Gary Newman, nice. right? That that's right. pop. And yeah. because eighties was much more like the world of Tootsie and not the world of uh, right. in real Stranger life yeah. in professional New York, but in LA it was like Valley Girl, sure. and there was a European influence of stuff like I just mentioned Gary Newman, but there are other bands. And remember, like. There was like a big synth, you know. Well, real real like, life for me on Cape Cod was hair metal. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, no, there's Which, hair metal yeah. in New York, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. and there was big time, but right. it's just Def Leppard and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Def Leppard, yeah. yeah, Iron Maiden. Yeah, I, I like mean, like Iron this. Like, Leopard. I, I think that the 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 thing about nostalgia, you know, as we always talk about, it, it's just like it's constructing a safe dream version of the past. Yes. That's and why, yes, pop in it's a way. an entire political campaign was developed on that. Of course. Yeah. As, <laughs> as, uh, as, uh, Stephen Colbert, I believe it was rightly pointed out, just like, of course, things seemed simpler back then. You were five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And like, that's, and same that's... with people now, like all the, the Gen Xers that are making stranger things are like, yes, I was great when I was 12 on my BMX bike and didn't yeah. have any responsibilities. Yeah, like it's a, like if you if you really want to get a great feeling of what the '80s were like, watch uh, Threads, for instance. The, right. Or, you know, like where, where you're just like, oh, oh shit, like you're like, oh yeah, I remember being completely horrified by nuclear war all the time. Right. <laughs> I remember that stuff. You know, like that's like 
this is and not and not in a fun way, not in a, like a what was red, the other red one? dawn way. <laughs> what was the what was the other one with um, uh, 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 Robert Downey Jr.? No, uh, less than zero, maybe less than zero. Oh, I love less than zero. Less than zero. Do you, do you uh, Eric? Have you seen? You would love this. Uh, have you seen uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s documentary on his dad on yep. Netflix? I uh, love it. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. Yeah, it's it called fun. Senior, and it was really fantastic. I love yeah. it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Really what's the What's the one that's coming at the uh, White Noise? That yeah, that's not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I want to see that. I'm gonna, it came out on this past Friday. Um, I read a, I've only read one book by the guy who wrote the book that this is based on, and I like that book very much. So that's as much as I know. What is White Noise? I just heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's um, it's by Don DeLillo, the novel. Yes. Was. And uh, and the movie has um, what's his name? That's how I know it. Yeah, the book, the, the, the book. big guy, so the big guy. Like yeah, Kylo Ren. Kylo uh, Ren guy. What's his yeah. name? Who's great right guys in chat? Oh, I yeah. started watching that. That's how I know it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, is it, uh, is it uh, any good? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see it. Like, it's got Greta Gerwig. It's directed yes, by Adam started, Driver. Adam Driver. Yes. It's uh, directed by. Uh, I started watching that, and I like it. That's why I know it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward I'm to it. Not that. out of touch, guys. I just. Yeah. Um, yeah, I literally yeah. started watching that, and I like it. I love Adam Driver. By the I way, are you guys forever. following what happened to uh, Jeremy Renner? I know he's in critical condition. He's from, out, like, but he's super. Yeah, he's like in critical but stable from blunt force. I just got the thing. Um, blunt, hold on. Blunt chest trauma. Oh God! Oh, what out of a car accident? Is it? No, he plowing. was. He had his own snowplow up in Reno, Nevada. One of those things. They were. It was one of those things, guys. If you ever seen it, has like the, like in the shiny where it, with the treads on it, like mm-hmm. the tank right. treads. Yeah. He has one of those. And he was using it himself and got. And something accident. happened, and maybe yeah. he got pinned. In something. Oh god! Terrible. Really terrible. Yeah, like yeah, I was, I was like, what weird thing to have happen. Like, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, it was right after New Year's. Like Jeremy Renner in. Can you get the mic in front of your face? Sorry, Jeremy Renner in in critical but stable condition after plowing accident. I was like, that sounds like an AI generated headline. <laughs> like that was utterly bizarre. Anyway, I hope he's. I don't know. Very I hope he's okay. That's uh, that's a that's a lousy thing to have happen. And it's like that when um, what's his name the um. Uh, gosh, I can't think of the actor's name. He was in Green Room and he was Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies. And he tragically died because the parking brake failed on his truck and it pinned him against a stone wall and suffocated Yes, in his entranceway. In his entranceway. I was like, oh my God. So I think he had a gate. Yeah. So he he went to, parked, Mm -hmm. kept the door open, goes to open the gate. The car rolled back, rolled back, yeah. Yeah. and um, crushed them against yeah. the, the you know the stone walls on either side, the gates, entrance oh. gates to hold the big gate. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really too bad. Like, uh, I mean, it's too bad for anybody, obviously. Um, but Yelchin is a really good actor, and if you had a, if anyone wants to see a really, really good, very violent movie, see Green Room. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, yeah, really, yeah. really good. But no, I, I love Adam Driver. I love everyone involved in because the guy who did um, White Noise did uh, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, Squid and the Whale. He did. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, bomb back. Um, no, he co he co with Wes Anderson a lot. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I love when uh, I love when people try to film really difficult books like that. 
And I don't know what happens in the story, but I, that was long thought of. It. No, it's totally unfilmable. He also did Marriage Story, which was meh. Yeah, I don't like that movie. But I did like Francis Ha, which he also I directed. love Francis Ha. Francis Ha is magnificent. I, well, I think, like, I don't know Noah Baumbach. I'm sort of up and down in this film. Sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. But I really think that when he met Greta Gerwig, who is now, I think he married Greta Gerwig, yeah. like, that was magic. Like, she is an incredible director in her own right. She's a creative force that's ridiculous. And she's so good in Francis Ha. It's like that brought me back to the seventies. I was like, "That's like, yep, that is like, that's the, some of the freshest filmmaking and uh, and acting that I've seen in so." I long. like his stuff. I we actually were at school at the same time. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, and uh, somebody in my department, my department, my department was his uh, production designer of choice. Right, right. So I did all the the early stuff. Uh, and then she got out of the business. Yeah. Now I would. Uh, yeah, I'm going to check that out probably tonight. Let's see what see what that's like. Driver, man, he's he's. I'm glad he's out of Star Wars. He's doing stuff. He's, doing he's a great stuff actor. Again. Great actor. Forever. He's the. He's you my should watch Pacino. his TED talk. Oh yeah, that's where you told me. That. What's his te- TED talk on? He does a TED talk about acting because you know he was like a Navy SEAL or a special forces. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. So he goes through this whole process of talking about that transition, about what that means, etc. So his TED talk is actually really good. I would actually highly recommend it. I can't oh, give it justice, so I just since all yeah. TED talks are twenty minutes or less, mm-hmm. you can give yourselves twenty minutes to watch a TED talk. I love. I simply that love like that. An ad, Chris, all TED talks mm-hmm. are twenty minutes or less. Just about pay rent. Yeah, try. He's also going to be in Michael Mann's new movie, uh, Ferrari. I'm very excited yes. about that. And he for my money, great in the one with um, about the uh, Gucci house, Gucci. Oh, he is great in Gucci. I wasn't oh a giant God. fan of the movie, but I really loved. I like that film. Yeah, I think that uh, he the is. He, were incredible. He he is ter- terrific. He's both very funny and very sad in that movie. I think it's very yeah. very good. And she's yeah. very good. She is actually they work. They work great together. I think that was the that was the like. I, the movie had its ups and downs, but they were really, really terrific. That was a, a surprisingly good it's true. Oh, did you know that uh, Ridley Scott, he has just finished filming his Napoleon movie with uh, Walking Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm excited about that one. And apparently that uh, they had a, like, Joaquin had, had so many questions as to how, uh, how to make this more believable that they basically rewrote the entire script for him as they went. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see how that turns out. Sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's always very interesting. Hmm. But yeah, there's some good ones coming out uh, this year. I'm really this is going to be like I um, had a hard time. Did you guys watch? Uh, speaking of Ridley Scott, did you guys watch any of uh, Raised by Wolves? I liked it. I liked the first Ugh. season. Anyway. Like uh, there was, I loved the first episode, and then it got slowly more and more draggy, uh, and I got frustrated with it. Like there's stuff that I loved in that show though. Like I love the seventies, the aesthetic, the the man who fell to earth, um, yeah. alien vibe. And oh, uh, I gotta I like, check this out. Yeah, it's interest. It's a it's a it's a failure, but it's an inter- super interesting failure. Wait, where is it on? HBO. HBO. And there's a second season I bought. I've not watched. Like I really liked the story of Robot Woman and her husband. I thought that was great. And then there's a whole lot of other stuff, which is less interesting. I think I might like it. it. The look is terrific. But you like, don't it, like sci-fi. That's oh, right. It is. Like, that, that show explicitly rips off of the Martian stuff from Man Who Fell to Earth. Yes. Like, they're just like, 
Yeah. I got it, a great book on that behind me. Oh, what a fucking movie, man. What Damn. a movie. No, that's a movie that they don't make that kind of picture. Anymore. That's a great movie. That's a picture. <laughs> that's a picture. They don't have rock stars running around naked like that anymore. Yep. No, that's uh, that's something. I'll make them like they used to. They don't. They, they will nostalgic. again. Yeah, they will eventually make them like they used to, and that's how they are going to make those movies that they used to not make anymore. They will make them then. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> eventually, yep, yep. we'll be out of the rut. That's what I mean to say. Because, like, this coming year, this year that we're now in, Happy New Year, everybody, like, there's actually a number of movies that I'm looking forward to, which wasn't true last year. Last last year, I'm still kind of scraping together 10 movies that I would put in a top 10. Like, I think 2021 was even worse. Yeah, it's fucking... Well, come on. Now I know there was a pandemic in there, but still, it's been it's been thin, thin. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I, the really what got me all excited was uh, Blanc. Mm-hmm. You know, it was I interesting. I was talking about it with fine. talking about it with Donna. She's like, I just it's like it. it I don't know how the movie industry can recover from this. She was saying, from you know, what? it's like no from what's happening in the movie. Like the theater system is really Busted. broken the studios are very like the traditional studio picture like it's gone and it's very and it's like and how do you make movies for streaming like how do you figure out the economics of that because the economics of the other way has been working they've been using that for a long time and so yep. a lot of people have to shift gears especially when it comes to uh things like uh syndication syndication is like wait a minute i just get paid once and that's it yep <laughs> Well, hang, hang on, right? I'm supposed well, to yeah. no, no, no. My job is to make a hit show and then live off the syndication for the rest of my life. Nope. Right? No, nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, like I, I think that the and I'm definitely the first to say this, but the thing that I agree with is that uh, there is it is very difficult to make the 35 million dollar drama. Like right. that. That is like I don't know what the fucking the the there's white noise maybe like but that's one movie like that's an extreme like depending on netflix to fill that out is not going to happen like they'll come up with like two or three of those maybe every couple of years but like it used to be like, white noise movie budget was 80 million 80 Jeez. million wow that's a big that's a big one that's a big one that's a big movie so yeah like yeah, there, you, there's there's no like stanley and iris like that's not gonna be happening yeah, that's uh, that's a that's that's a whole zone where you just there's no there's no way to recoup because uh, it's not going to drive drive subscribers, right? And you can't put it in theaters because it's not a franchise, you know. And like as much as I like, for instance, I loved Top Gun and I loved Avatar this year. Like I thought they were terrific, terrific, incredibly refreshing um, studio product. Like they're just mind blowing. However, they are still franchises. Like it's like as as fresh and new as uh, as these were, they are still leaning heavily on the fact that this is Tom Cruise in the Top Gun movie. You remember Top Gun, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do want to note also, by the way, that everything all at once, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. That's one of- budget on that was fourteen million, and it was terrific. I gotta say, and it. that I looks like it was a hundred million dollar yeah. movie. That is a crazy movie, and it's beautiful. Actually, we should do a, we should yeah. do a, do a pot of that. That's a, a what a wonderful movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, that's that's, that's love that movie. top top for the year for sure. Like absolutely incredible, and like great I, excuse to watch it again. A lot of the effects they did were 
figured out what practically or in camera, a lot of in camera stuff yeah. that they did. Uh, and all the other stuff was really, um, just, just very clever. Very yeah, it's clever. All cl- it's all clever. And they, and they depend like the effects, even when the effects aren't they, because they know about how to make effects. They come from the right. effects world. Right. So they knew like, ah, we can do this cheaply. This we can hack this. This that... is the after effects. We can do it in an after effects way, right. whatever it is. It's the way and, that the three of us, we could do that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're and smart. it's like, and because of that, it's like, it feels energetic. Like even the, even the, well, it feels are, creative too. Yeah. You yeah, come up exactly. with creative solutions that you would never see before. Yeah, and that's what makes it feel much, so much fun. I mean, because like there's so many, because um, even when the effects aren't flawless, they're you you feel the craft and the love behind them. And it's just mm-hmm. so much fun. You know, you're just like that's fucking awesome. That's great. You know, and you get and it and it feeds back into the story. Like there's a jankiness to the entire thing that's very intentional, so that it supports uh, the 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 sort of. Uh, freewheeling tone the movie has and then and once they establish it they can do literally whatever they want and then it's so cheap they can do as much of it as they want and they do <laughs> times 10 yeah you know, by the end of the movie it's like so much shit is happening i don't know how they could track of it like, how, do, how do you even board that movie there's so many things happening yeah it's great yeah it's really something it's great okay uh what did i want to a uh, couple things. Obviously, I want to thank everyone. There was actually quite a few people who joined us on chat today, which was nice, uh, considering the fact that this is an off-day podcast. So I appreciate that. Thank you, everybody. We will be doing another one on Saturday, and we will be doing anti-mame. So I have not seen. Oh. Eric's not seen. Yeah. And it, I wouldn't say that anti-mame is my favorite comedy. It's by far not my favorite comedy, but it's a fun comedy that I really enjoy. And I am very excited about the fact that you guys haven't seen it. Yeah. It yeah. is old fashioned in a lot of ways, but also very progressive because a, that's the whole point of the movie. It's one of the it's, few a, it's about, it's about the conflict between old fashioned and, 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 and new progressive fangled. thoughts, yeah, right, newfangled, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and it is, it is definitely playing on the bridge between the fifties and the sixties. Let's just put it that way. Oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah. Cause I'm, so, I'm uh, like, I, I just going down the top 100, whatever IMDB list. I was like, I don't know if there are too many classics left that I have not, uh, that I haven't seen. I think I've cleaned up all the major ones. Right. And oh, I didn't know. Anti-Mame is 1958. So it's even, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. So this, this uh, is a breakthrough so, day for me. Yeah, so it'll be good to see anti I thought it was sixties, and I went to look it up the other day. That's why I was like, "Yeah," because I, I, I thought it was like sixty-five, sixty-six. I yeah, thought it was so a musical, I. so I don't know. Yeah. Well, it definitely is. It's like it's definitely a, looks like a play, and I think it has been a play. Just it could have been based on a play. Yeah. Might be Broadway. Yeah, I got some good yeah. stills from that. It's really cool. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm down. I think it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, she is absolutely. Uh, Amazing. By the way, she looks like, honestly, and I'm going to just pull my reference up. I forgot. I wanted to make a point, and then we can go. Um, it's um, she reminds me of from uh, Schitt's Creek. Oh yeah, oh, definitely from yeah. from Moira Rose. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, like. I was going through old photos of her. I was like, wait a minute. That looks like, um, you know, the actress that's from Schitt's Creek. And I yeah. totally uh, uh, Diane, uh, Diane Lane, not Diane Lane, um, uh, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. She's a totally 
You know, it's funny. We were because the kids watch Six Creek all the time. They love it, and they love, love Moira Rose because Moira Rose is show. so funny. So they've watched they've watched the whole thing, you know, multiple times time. through. And uh, so Brady says, "Hey, let's watch uh, let's watch Home Alone." And then he sees Catherine O'Hara and goes, "Yeah, that's the mom." And he goes. No, because there's so many years difference between them. She's very different, obviously. Yeah, she, from... she, she must look like she's 18 in Home Alone. Yeah. yeah she's in Home Alone? Yeah, she's the mom. Yeah, she's the mom. Oh, mom. <laughs> what am I thinking? Kevin! Yeah. yeah. Kevin! <laughs> she's in uh, uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice, she's that's right. She's terrific. She's yeah. she is an absolutely classic comedian. Right, well, her and everybody. Eugene Levy are perfect. Look and they've the done so many things. Of, yeah. Look at the picture of her in the white. Oh, Where yeah, did thanks. you put a link? In, oh, in, the, in, in Twitch. 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 Uh, Twitch. Her in the white. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rosalind Russell. Yeah. yeah. But she was totally great. That's, uh, she's got that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That's You're, I think, as, as, uh, as, uh, as someone who grew up in that area of the Northeast, uh, I think you're going to appreciate it, Eric, quite a bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's really great. I love that movie. It's fun. And it's going to be light and breezy for us. So I think that would be nice yeah, for us. Nice yeah. yeah. Don't have to be too serious, but it definitely has some points. That, uh, it'd be curious. I haven't seen it in a long time. So I'm really curious about, you know, how, especially like when you think about Tootsie or, or more specifically King of Comedy, when you think about King of Comedy and how it's like, oh, that says a different story today or it's more important today. Like some, I, I'm wondering if Auntie Mame has a little bit of that or it's going to yeah, feel like. Yeah, cer mm -hmm. certainly. Like King of Comedy, I was like, King of Comedy could have been made today, about today. Like it's the, it is yeah. very, very, very relevant. Yeah, I'm yes. looking forward to that. That's that's really something. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, mm -hmm. what'd you think? King of Comedy, Chris. Oh, I love King of Comedy. <laughs> a good picture. Yeah, that was great. Yep, that was great. All right, but thank you guys for doing this. Remember to join us uh, on Tuesday. If you guys, let me see. Uh, let me go to our Discord link here. Please join our Discord. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not saying that because we need you to join. I'm just saying because you would enjoy it if you joined. Uh, uh, but go ahead and do that. So that's our Discord link. I put it in a, in a Twitch chat right now. Uh, and make sure to do that. And, of course, if you'd like to... Uh, support us on our Patreon, and it's patreon.com slash giant. It would be great to have your support. Uh, lots of new things going on, obviously, on Martini Giant. We're going to be thinking about doing more interesting things. Uh, we're doing more videos. Uh, those have been fun as well. We're on TikTok, so just follow us on TikTok if you want to do that and watch our little shorts that we've been doing that are a lot of fun. I've got an idea for a new one that we're going to be doing this week, so we're going to be banging those out. Uh, but otherwise, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed Tootsie. Uh, it was nice to, to talk about by. that. And this is a good one because, you know, specifically for the idea that like a lot of people have heard of Tootsie, but not everyone has seen Tootsie. That's true. <laughs> I, I, so that, I hope that people find the joy in that movie that I do. I really, as in terms, in terms of like screenwriting, if you're a screenwriter, just read the Tootsie screenplay. Like Elaine May is one of my all time favorites and he's very good. Yeah. You can Julie really learn a lot from how she works. Just insane. Just insane. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys ready to do this? Let's I'm do ready. Drink. Up. Drink. Drink.